This podcast replay is brought to you by HialeahParkCasino.com. From the loosest slots in the state to one of the most comfortable poker rooms in South Florida. Enjoy their smoke-free casino at HialeahParkCasino.com. Alrighty, good afternoon boys and girls and welcome aboard to the program. We're coming to you live from Hialeah Park. Yeah, we're a little earlier than normal. We are accommodating a guest that's going to join us at 3 o'clock. Actually, something interesting. The Drone Racing League is coming to South Florida. It's going over to Marlins Stadium. Um, What's it called? Lone Depot Park, right? I think it is. Lone Depot Park and... um, uh, we're going to have uh, one of the pilots on at 3 o'clock. Alex Vanover is going to join us, so we'll have a little fun with that. Got a loaded show. Uh, David Dwork is going to stop by at 4.30 to talk a little hokey, and, you know, it's going to be pretty much a depressing conversation. That's what, you know, I've gone back and forth with George and David throughout the, the season, you know, just texting and tweeting and that kind of stuff, and we haven't done a lot of hockey talk because really there's nothing good to talk about you know what i mean it's just it's just complaining it's kind of like watching the heat game last night dude they can't even be favored by one point wow i mean it's just it's really it got really pathetic last night uh for the heat we'll get into that alan pupar will stop by at five o'clock bitcoin hits 25k you know I tell you, bro. It's a, and by the way, Sean, where are all those people that would make fun of Bitcoin? Where are those people? I'm just, where are they? I'm just, why did you all disappear on me? I just tweeted out, if you put on December 31st, okay, so today's February 16th, a month and a half ago, 45 days ago, if you put $1,000 in Bitcoin, you would have over $1,500 right now, 45 days later. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of investments move $500? No, right? No, I don't think so. U.S. dollar ever move like that? No. No. But, but keep thinking the dollar is where you go. But anyway, so it's just, just kind of funny and it's hilarious. I send Darren Rovella a reminder today just to kind of troll them a little bit and and say well you know it's a cult right there you go i love ponzi i love cult you know it's like you know a month and a half ago you get polygon at 75 cents it's a dollar 44 right now you would have doubled your money okay doubled your money by the dips right it's what we always say by the dips By the dips. By the way, not a financial advisor. Okay? Go to a professional for that. You know, I can only tell you what I like and what I do and all that kind of stuff. But just a a suggestion. Everything's gone parabolic right now. Everything's going straight. You don't buy now. Wait. Lots of people bought when it was low. And then you'll have the super rich people. Not me. I'm a working stiff. I can only buy a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there. Uh, but the, the real rich people, like, you know, I told you, hey, if you put $1,000 in Bitcoin at 16500 you would have over 1500 right now. You would be making over $500 of profit right now. Well, think about the people that put $10 million or $50 million into Bitcoin, and it goes up like this. So they're going to be pulling out. And so that will bring, that, that will have, you know, reactions in the market. So you will have some dips coming. And then that's when you get in. You never buy on a parabolic rise. Wait. 
Patience is very important in, in investing. Patience. You never, ever buy on the run. If you do, that's, you know, because it's going to find the floor. It's going to come back a little bit because people are going to sell off of profits, you know, and you would too, like anybody would. But anyway, so just uh, wanted to mention that because it's just absolutely awesome to see those of us that have been hanging in there throughout the bear market for over 14 months. It's, uh, it's been pretty sweet to hang in there. Don't forget to smash the hell out of the like button. Very, very important to smash the hell out of the like button. Also hit the subscribe uh, button. And if you're watching and not uh, subscribing, please subscribe. And also hit the notification bell. That way you know, like today, you would have gotten the notification bell 10 minutes earlier than normal. Maybe you just come on at 3 o'clock or, well, I know O's on. Let me go to 3 o'clock. Sean and O are going to be on. And But today we went on at 2.50. So this way you kind of get a little heads up on, on uh, oh, hey, wait a minute. They're on a little earlier. Why? And then now you find out why. So there you go. We just found out Tim McCarver passed away at the age of 81. Uh, Hall of Famer. Um, a great broadcaster, player. I'm a Phillies fan, so he played for my Phillies when I was a kid. And then obviously grew into the position of a, of a broadcaster for many, many years. Still remember that day that Deion Sanders threw water on him in the locker room. Do you remember that? No? Yeah, Deion Sanders. He, he, Carver didn't like, he was critical of Sanders' kind of style and all that. And so Sanders getting him back. Uh, uh, threw a, 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 a uh, bucket of ice water on him in the middle of a, of a locker room broadcast. You know, so I, I still remember that exchange between Carver and, uh, and Dion uh, overall. I wonder if that goes through Dion's mind today when he hears that Tim McCarver passed away. I wonder if that, you know, listen, we all have our moments in life and sometimes you regret them and, you know, it's just one of those things. But anyway, um, I was just telling Sean... Man, you know you're getting old when you know you're watching people like this pass away, but like I'm watching I watched a Boone play for the Phillies, then I watched his son play in the majors, and then I'm watching his son manage in the majors. So, I've gotten past the point of watching sons play. I'm watching sons of sons play. I'm watching sons who are now managers and head coaches and all that kind of stuff forget the players that i grew up with yeah i saw them become managers or coaches or whatever and then retire and broadcast no no no. i'm watching their sons become managers and coaches not their sons become players you know that's a that's one stage of getting old you know what i'm saying it's kind of like when i run into somebody you know and this always feels makes me feel great at a concert right i run into the father and the son and the father says, man, I've been listening to you forever. And then the son says, yeah, I've been listening to you since I was a kid with my dad. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, my God, there's two generations of listeners. Oh, God, I am old. I've been around too long. You know, that kind of stuff. So I'm around so long now that, you know, you're watching the sons manage and coach and all that. It's just really is crazy, dude, how, you know, if, if you last long enough, obviously, if you're blessed and Today, the Lord, you know, chose to give me one more day here on, on Mother Earth, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. Uh, so, you know, we lose uh, Tim McCarver. But, hey, man, I always say you, if you get into the 80s, 
you did really good. You get into the 90s, you are a thief. And if you're 100, you're a ghost already at this point. You're, you're ghosting, you know, death. <laughs> it's what you're doing, basically, you know, at that point. So I, 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 I can only wish to get to the 80s like uh, Mr. McCarver did. And so rest in peace to McCarver. And yesterday we lost Raquel Welsh, too. Uh, the, and we were just talking about her also. Uh, we were ju- we had just mentioned her, you know, on the show. And when we talk about, you know, nowadays it's it's Holly Berry, it's uh, J Lo, it's uh, Salma Hayek, you know, those women that are looked at like, you know, elite ultimate beauties. That was Raquel Welsh, absolute perfection, you know, growing up and obviously grew up with that movie, uh, One Million BC, and everything else she did. Um, I remember she did a, a movie called Mother Jugs and Speed, if I remember correctly, with uh, with Bill Cosby, uh, a young Bill Cosby. They were like uh, they were in an ambulance and all that kind of stuff. And um, so yeah, I, I mean Raquel Welsh is my God, you know, just perfection. It's what she was. She was a, a perfect beauty, like the Lord. He, he makes a couple of those, you know. Every once in a while, he makes a couple of those women that are just you know. Bam, like, okay, perfect mold, you know, that. And she was definitely one of those. No doubt about that, man. No doubt about that. Oh, looks like uh, we got it going on. Yeah, little B-roll there. Anyway, so we'll have a little fun. Sean is tripping out. All right, it is time, man. Let's, uh, let's bring aboard Alex. Alex Vanover with the Drone Racing League. It is coming to South Florida, baby. It is coming here February 25th. Uh, Doors will open up at 6 o'clock. The racing will start at 7.15. The ultimate drone racing party coming to Miami. The Algorand World Championship season race coming in. And, uh, And our guy Alex is ready to take over. Alex, good afternoon, my friend. How are you doing, sir? Can you yeah, hear I'm doing me? great. How are you doing? Very good, man. I am, uh, you know, I'm a big uh, Algorand guy. I got a big old bag of Algorand. I've been yeah. a, a believer in Algorand. I'm a big crypto guy. I have my own uh, crypto segments on the show and all that kind of stuff. So I've been uh, a crypto proponent for a couple of years now. And uh, Algorand is one of the, one of the companies that I'm uh, heavily invested in. And um, one of the things I've been watching is how drone racing has just absolutely taken off. And, you know, drones are a part of our everyday lives now. You know, whether we see them all the time now that they're using them in war, but we're using them for promotional purposes. We're using them for fun. And then the beauty of, 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 of life is that we're finding ways to make a living, whether it's playing video games, whether it's crypto mining, or whether it's racing drones. And so that's kind of what you're doing now. And I, I just find it really cool how people can find different niches in life. And that's exactly what you've been able to find with the Drone Racing League. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I started flying drones when I was just a little kid. And I'm 23 now, so I've been doing it for about 13 years. And yeah, I had a dream when I was, you know, 2016 and I saw DRL on television. I told my dad that I wanted to be a world champion drone racer and just stuck to that goal and won the championship in 2019. And, you know, this is what I do for a living. You're absolutely right. The the whole drone space as a whole has just taken off and DRL is really at the forefront of it right now. So it's very exciting times. And 
you said it yourself already. Miami's coming up very soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I think, I think they've got some B-roll for us there. I don't know. So people can actually watch it. Uh, we're going to bring it up and see if you guys want to, if you guys want to play it in the background out there. Let's see if uh, I think that's kind of what the other box is for, because that's what we were talking about is adding, you know, a little B-roll there. And I don't know if Melanie uh, is doing it back there or somebody. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it up. And I don't know if it's B-roll or not that's going to come up there. But if, it, if it's not, just tell me, give me a heads up on it. But uh, Alex, so when did you get the bug? Okay, because, brother, I, I try to fly drones and I suck. I mean, I, I bought one and I, <laughs> I ruined the thing trying to learn how to do it in my house. And it was, you know, flying all over the place, hitting walls, whatever. It's, it, is, it is not an easy thing to do. Yeah, it's not easy. I think it takes definitely a lot of dedication and time. And you have to have a lot of persistence, right, to, to be able just to learn how to fly. These racing drones, there's no stabilization. And the reason there's no stabilization is that's what allows us to push the limits and go very fast. So, you know, one of the best ways to learn to fly is just on the simulator. DRL has a simulator. It's almost one-to-one -one with the real drone. So a lot of people start on that, and then, you know, they end up flying real drones after. But, you know, for me, I started with remote control airplanes. So with remote control airplanes, it's a little bit easier because, you know, it'll fly itself if you don't touch the controls. But with a drone, not so much. You kind of always have to be on it. But yeah. thankfully, I was able to understand the controls when I started flying drones because it's similar to that of like a remote control airplane. So it made the transition for me a lot easier. But but make no mistake, I mean, I probably crashed more than you've crashed a drone. I, I Yeah, but dude, you're flying you know, at, at 8,000 miles an hour. You're going through hoops and loops and all kinds of stuff. So it's a little different. I'm just yeah. trying to go up and down and sideways, and I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's but a, it's a different challenge. Crash is just a normal part of flying a drone, really, to be honest. And if you embrace that and you just know that crashes are going to happen and that's the way you're going to get better, then just do it. Yeah, yeah, well, my my uh, producer Sean has got like a one of those drone cameras, and he knows how to you know kind of manage it and all of that. So let me ask you something because it is some it is. And for those of you, go to Drone Racing League, go go on go on social media and check out the videos, and you can see. I mean, it's an amazing presentation. I'm looking forward to being there to to check yeah. out the event and meet you too at the same time and meet all the racers out there and have some fun because I it's something that I'm interested in and I'm intrigued. But as for preparation purposes, like we have a, a uh, there's a university close by my house called FIU and they have on the south side, they have an area where there's like this runway and people would go with their model planes and mm -hmm. practice and fly in that area and all that kind of stuff. Right. So I'm wondering for you. How do you simulate what you do in the drone racing league? Is there a simulator that you have? Is it, uh, do you have a place where you guys practice, you know, an area like that? Because I would imagine that since you guys are racing, there is a completely different challenge and a whole complete different preparation than an idiot like me trying to fly it in my house. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a whole level of preparation before each of these events. Like right now, Miami is just over a week away. So there's a couple different ways that I'm training. Um, you know, it's really hard to build a stadium in your backyard. 
So the best thing that we can do in order to replicate what it feels like to fly in the stadium is to use the simulator. And thankfully, the Drone Racing League, they give us access to the virtual map of where we're going to be flying about two weeks out from the races. So I like to go on the simulator. I like to feel out the venue. I like to see, you know, what kind of lines I might choose to take depending on the track and stuff like that. But, you know, the other big factor of it is just going out and flying the real drone. And you don't need the stadium to do that. You just need a park with some gates or trees and you can go out and do that. And um, that's basically what I've been doing day in, day out for the last week. And I'll continue to train every day up until I leave on a plane for the event. Just going out and flying over and over again, crashing a lot and repeating the process. <laughs> you, you wouldn't crash as much as I would, that's for sure. So let me let me ask you something. When you're when you're preparing for this, all right, and and the challenge of of doing the racing and all that kind of stuff, how do you simulate that part of it? In the simulator, are you are you racing against others or is it just a solo type of thing? Yeah, so in the racing you can race against basically like a ghost. So essentially uh, you can just race against the very best time that you set on the track. And that's actually really good. You know, just being able to compare against your previous best time and trying to beat that is a very good way to kind of get racing in. But for me, even if it's simulator or if it's real life racing, what I like to do is just pretend that there's five other drones flying at the same time. And I actually like to almost make myself nervous. I like to put that pressure on myself because that's the hardest thing for us pilots to practice dealing with is, you know, when we're out practicing in an open field, it's just us. But the moment we get out there in front of you guys in Miami, there's going to be 10,000 people there who are going to be cheering, booing us, uh, depending on which pilot they like. And uh, there's really no way to simulate that. Um, so the best thing I can do is just mentally prepare myself to be a fortress. So when I get out there, it doesn't matter what's happening around me because we're the 12 best pilots in the world. Any one of us can win or lose a race any given day. But what's going to win races like Miami is going to be the pilot who can not only fly the best, but they can also handle all those other things as well. And so that's what I'm preparing my mind for. As spectators, you know, in auto racing, they get to put on the headsets and hear the crews talk to the racers and all that kind of stuff. And you get to hear some of that stuff. Is there any communication that the fans have access to? And are you guys communicating amongst each other, talking some trash amongst each other and the pilots there? I'm just wondering what goes on. Do we have any way of tapping into the background of that? Yeah, so obviously we do interviews in between the races. And during the races themselves, there will be pilot cameras on the big screen and and stuff like that so you guys will feel like you're really close to us um and obviously we'll have the meet and greets and stuff like that but you know when we're racing the pilots are going to be more kind of like out on home plate uh because we're going to be in the center of the track which is going to be actually really cool for the spectators to watch um but yeah i mean definitely when there's when the racing's happening there's definitely some trash talk that goes around uh, i try to hold myself above that but i i fall short more times than i succeed um so, you know, there's times where if I'm ahead in a race or if I know that there's a guy who's maybe a little insecure about himself, you know, maybe I'll I'll throw some shade at him, tell him ah, there's a lot of people out there. So I like to do my talk for the races and after the races. I don't really like to talk much during because we're only racing for 60 seconds and you really do require full focus. For sure. While you're flying. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, you know, I like to just the best way that I, I guess, talk trash is just by being myself and. By doing that, I just go out there with this physical level of confidence that I think intimidates the other pilots. 
because I love the crowd. I don't care if you're booing me. I don't care if you're cheering for me. I just care that you're there and you're watching because I'll feed off that energy. Well, 10,000, man, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Do you see it? Because, you know, one of the things, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm an old gamer. I'm not a modern-day gamer, but I do understand how big it is and how big it's gotten. And, you know, we see the competitions all over, and they're filling arenas and stadiums, and we're seeing thousands and thousands of, of young people that are, are flocking to a lot of these e-contests. Do you see drone racing growing in the same fashion that you guys are developing fan bases and that individually you guys are also growing your own fan bases? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just in the last couple of seasons that I've raced in DRL, even with, you know, the whole COVID outbreak, you know, we've grown from a couple thousand, you know, a couple hundred people to a couple thousand to now 10,000 people in Miami. I mean, the sport, if you compare it to like where the NBA started and where the NFL started, we're growing at a very similar rate. And so it's just a matter of time as drone racing becomes more popular and people continue to go out to these events and see the racing that I believe this does become a mainstream sport. And you're going to have it's going to be more on like the esports side of things, of sure. course, than yeah. like the NBA like that. But yeah. it's definitely going to be one of the sports where. It's already getting there. I mean, I go into an airport or something like that. I get recognized by people who've seen me on TV. Nice. If I, I if you go and ask your neighbor if they've ever seen drone racing on television, there's a high probability that they have. So, you know, my job as well right now as kind of, you know, being at the forefront of the sport is to make sure the sport is presentable, to make sure that I'm putting on good races for the fans and, you know, trying to make myself someone that you or anyone else would want to follow and support and get behind. You know, I was like their favorite drone pilot. And I think that level of engagement is what is starting to happen right now in drone racing. People are getting really invested. And that's exciting to see because that's what it's going to take for the sport to go uh, to the next level. So just out of curiosity, how do they regulate it? Like, you know, like in NASCAR, they've got the restrictor plates to kind of keep everybody at an even level playing field. How do they do that with drones? So with the drones, uh, we fly what's called the Racer 4. And what's cool about DRL is that it's a spec league. So everyone flies the exact same thing, the same goggles, the same controller. There's only very little things that we can adjust on the drone itself. And that's in how sensitive the drone responds. But that doesn't change how fast it is. That just is more of something that helps us fly better. And so what's cool about the Drone Racing League is when you lose a race or when you win a race, you know that everyone was on the same playing field. There was no one that had any type of an advantage. And as a pilot, that is the most exciting type of drone racing that you can possibly get because you don't have to question whether or not you lost because your gear wasn't built right. or right. If it was. And DRL has a team of tech ops, which is about 15 to 20 people who are building and maintaining 600 drones per event, which is a lot of drones. And we, we go through a lot of them because we like to go out there and fly fast and and when we crash, we pretty much destroy these things, um, which is very entertaining for the spectators to watch, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah, we, we, yeah, that's what we stick around for is all the crashes, you know, anyways. Yeah. And by the way, you're, you're basically stealing that, that, that line from, from uh, Top Gun Maverick, right? Come on, come on, Mav. It's not yep. the plane, it's the pilot, right? It's, uh, that's yeah. so, so it's really down to the pilot, not, not, the, not the drone in this case. Yeah. Absolutely. It's all down to the pilot and there's no such thing as slow drones. There's only slow pilots. So that's what I like to say. Yeah. By the way, you got, I love the way they've dressed it up, man. I mean, the lights, everything, the, 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 uh, obstacle course, uh, how, what, what do you guys call it? The course, what do you call it? You can just call it the course really. Okay. I mean, just I yeah. The look dude, everything, the presentation, 
I mean, they have really taken it to another level, and it's pretty cool. As, listen, man, we're, we're going into the future now, and whether it's esports, whether it's drones, whether it's crypto, you know, life is changing, and, and, and it's evolving, and the interests of younger generations obviously also is evolving. And it's not going to be the same old thing. It's not going to be just baseball. It's going to be drones and it's going to be, you know, esports and things like that and and we're watching how that is is taking off. By the way, are you a crypto guy too? Since Algorand is the uh is the leading sponsor. Yeah, I'm definitely a crypto guy myself. Um so I probably not as heavily invested as you or some other people probably are. But yeah, I mean, definitely. As a, I feel like it's kind of more of a trend in younger people to be invested in cryptocurrency. Yes. And, yes. You know, I, I I'm I'm invested just in the fact that I have my own secure wallet, and you know, it's my thing. So yeah, I got Algorand, got Bitcoin, Ethereum, and a b- bunch of other coins. So yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, Alex, I struggle with people my age to explain crypto to them and and explain explain to them a digital wallet and all that. It is yep. one hell of a challenge. Uh, by the way, I just. Want to mention Algorand right now is uh, just at twenty seven and a half cents right now, so doing doing really well, and uh, it is up almost eighteen percent in the last month. So headed headed in the right direction there. Uh, mm. So so describe to us what we're going to see on the twenty fifth over at uh, Lone Depot Park. Uh, describe to people that have never been to the drone racing league when they walk in, what is the atmosphere and what to expect from the race? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's start off with the atmosphere. The atmosphere at a drone event of this scale is just going to be so electric. I mean, it doesn't matter how old or how young you are, everyone's going to have a good time at one of these events. And what you can expect is just a lot of very amazing drone racing. I mean, drone racing where, Drones are colliding midair, crashing into gates. You have these heated rivalries because remember, this is the end of our season, right? So every, you know, there's me and a couple other guys are at that top, and we're fighting for the world championship, and and that is going to be the last race of the season, and it's close. It's going to be very close, and so there's going to be a lot of tension between the pilots at that high level, and then you're going to have the guys who maybe didn't do so well who are just trying to end on a high note. So what that means is we're going to have such electric racing. There's going to be a lot of heated battles out there and as a as a fan as a spectator watching the drones zip around at 90 miles an hour lit up it's going through one of these crazy like you said courses that we have it's it's going to be just so amazing and it's hard to put it into words so what i tell people is just go out to the event watch it and be sure to come find us and meet us because we definitely do a lot of fan meet and greets and we can definitely talk a lot more about drone racing and and you know giving our advice here and there the 2019 DRL champion, Alex Vanover, joining us. And don't forget, February 25th at Lone Depot Park, Saturday. That's when the Algorand World Championship season race takes place. Get your tickets and, uh, and find out more about it. You can go to our Twitter page at Big O Show. The link is there. You can follow it to get your tickets. Take your kids. They will enjoy it, I promise you, because this is what they're into now. Alex, thank you for taking some time, man, and explaining it with, uh, for us and and for me, a newbie, because uh, I'm going to become a fan of the Drone Racing League. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. We'll see you in Miami. You got it, baby. We'll see you here in our backyard. There you go. Alex Vanover from the Drone Racing League, man. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. You looking forward to going to that? Huh? 
I, I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if we get some tickets too. Maybe we can get a couple tickets to uh, to give away. So there you go. Uh, anyway, so there you go. A little drone racing league, just to kind of mix things up a little bit today on on le program. Ah, what do we got? What do we got? Bitcoin just hanging just under 25, man. All right, all right, all right, all right. What do we have here? Excited for what the team will do. LFG Finn's family. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it also. I'm with you. Jay Gelfin in the house. I see in the chat. Cap for life. GP trap in... Gus Gus thirteen eighty eight Brett Dodgers as I recall or one of them, yes uh, talking uh, little Raquel Welsh sneak attack three oh five Giovanni is in Ragin is in um, let's see uh, do uh, John Fernandez. Uh, Raquel was smoking by today's and Raquel is smoking in any standard, bro. Uh, let's see. Saw that movie. Oh, the paint the zipper scene is hilarious. Yeah, that's yeah, a it's a good movie. Mother Jugs and Speed. Back in the day, I don't know how it holds up nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Alexis is in. Ridiculous on dollar. That if not, uh, it's not the way to invest. I know. I know that. I, uh, the dollar's a disaster. But you know what can I tell you? It's the people we put into office we, for the last hundred years have destroyed it. Uh, when does Big O start having Craig Mish on? Well, you know, baseball season hasn't started. There's really not much to talk about, my friend. So I'm not going to, I'm going to wait till we actually have like something tangible to talk about, uh, at this point, you know, uh, let's see Big O only a matter of time until we have dwarfs flying as drone jockeys pretty soon, pretty soon. Uh, Adrian Delgado in, Jason Myers in, Billy Shaw in. So appreciate a lot of you joining us already on the program. Uh, we are going to have David Dwork joining us at 4.30. Alan Pupar will stop by at 5. Um, let me see. We have time. Yeah. Let me, but before I do anything, uh, let me tell you a little bit about Canesware. You're watching it there. At 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Uh, listen, go check out the great people at Canesware, Brett and everybody out there, uh, Jeff, they all do a great job. If you can't go to Davie and you live anywhere in the country, okay, they deliver, all right? You can go to Canesware.com, over $99, you will get free shipping. They got anything and everything with the Canes logo on it. 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Go check it out. Canesware.com. And make sure you tell them that Big O sent you. They've got Inter-Miami gear, Marlins gear, Panthers gear, Heat gear, Dolphins gear. And then, of course, anything and everything pretty much with a UM logo on it. All right. So check it out at Canesware.com. Uh, what else do we have going on? This is the time of year where people have to say stupid stuff, write stupid stuff in order to fill. And I get it because as I've been telling Sean the last couple of days, it's, it hasn't been easy to prepare for this show every day the last couple of days because there isn't really a lot of meat on the bone. 
and then the Heat suck, and the Panthers suck. They're just not interesting whatsoever. Uh, the Panthers aren't even in the playoffs right now, and the Heat are barely in the playoffs. And really, if you watch that team, they're nothing. It's a, a two-point team in a three-point world. You know what I mean? So it's hard, and, and football's done. So until we get into, like, real free agency and the draft, we won't even have anything else to talk about. So it's, it's been tough to kind of prepare for all of this, and the Heat and the Panthers don't help us. You know what I'm saying? So then this is the time where people will write and do stupid things, okay? I like Greg Cody a lot. I got nothing personal against Greg Cody. But today he wrote an article to fill space about Lamar Jackson. And it's something, oh, maybe they should explore. And I get it. Some of you out there are dumb enough to think the same thing. And listen, I don't even know if Cody actually believes the shit that he's writing. Okay? I don't. Now, he did write an article once that you, know, you got to trade Marino because Scott Mitchell was playing well. And I, I actually believe he believed that then. So I'm not sure if he believes this now. Okay? And I enjoy Greg Cody the comical writer you know what i'm saying so you know the his predictions with the bird and all that other stuff i always enjoy all that stuff i enjoy i've always enjoyed greg cody's work okay but hey man i say stupid things on the air right i've been on for 30 years i'm not going to say everything that's actually logical and smart or whatever i probably said a bunch of stuff that was wrong too but this is the time of year where you've got to fill a bunch of bullshit and since the heat are unsexy the Panthers are pathetic, right? And there's really nothing to talk about. Well, Dolphins will get it stirred up 365 days a year. And, of course, you have your two disbelievers. So let's just throw out Lamar Jackson, who's the local kid. But, see, in today's world, when you spew misinformation, it's very irresponsible because we have a lot of stupid people in this world. And they end up believing things like, Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme or Bitcoin is bad for you and all that. And then, you know, you have rich people and powerful people trying to tell you this because they want you to sell. They don't want you to buy and they want to buy low. You know, that's just the way this world is. Right. We had one idiot with orange hair say, oh, the election was rigged and a bunch of you suckers believed them. You know what I mean? So it's really dangerous to throw out misinformation. It's really dangerous to throw things out that are irresponsible and they make no sense. And some of you are not very smart and some of you don't really get football that well and you actually think Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback. So, you know, that's, you know, that so some of you are just fooled by being fooled because you really don't know any better. And then some of you actually you really don't know any better at all, so you'll get fooled by anything out there. And then this is what happens. And so somebody writes a stupid article about a subject that I don't even know if he really believes or not. It makes zero sense. You have the number one rated passer in the NFL. You know, your articles in the offseason, let me give some ideas out there, okay? Because if I'm going to slam the article, right, I should have a solution to it, right? Well, Maybe if you talked about making sure you solidified the left guard in the right tackle and you talked up a plan, maybe you bring one guy back or you buy this guy in free agency or trade for that guy, whatever, 
and you come up with that article. How about coming up with the article of Mike McDaniel needs to find that complete tight end, the complete tight end that can block and help protection for Tua to help keep Tua upright and the same tight end that can go out and find the open spots in the field. Why not write about that and talk about the tight ends that you like in college coming out, in free agency that could be available, another one via trade that could be available, or something like that. There are many articles that you can actually talk about. And, and you can make it compelling to write about that instead of something stupid when you don't have great cap space, you're going to have to give up a bunch of picks, and you're also going to have to change the entire offense for a guy that is not a passer. He's a runner. But let me just throw out that stupid, irresponsible article because Lamar Jackson's from South Florida. It would take too much time and too much effort for me to try to find the angles for a tight end. It would take too much work for me to talk about the left guard and the right tackle and what they need to do to take it to the next level. It would take too long for me to break down the mistakes that Mike McDaniel made throughout the season on game day in play calling. There are a lot of ways they can improve. There's a lot of things you can talk about, but let's go lazy and let's put out Lamar Jackson because it's a trigger, because it's a lightning bolt, because it's a hot button topic. And because there's enough stupid people out there that actually think he's a good quarterback. So, hook, line, and sinker. Let's fill some space in the paper. Let's get some hits. And let's get the people that are anti-Tua riled up for something that is never going to happen, never even thought about in that, in that front office. But I'll write about it anyways because it's a lazy take. Because the other takes would take a lot more work. That's what it would take. A lot more work, a lot more studying, a lot more trying to really make a compelling article. This is lazy. Let's just throw it out there. Scott Mitchell's playing a couple good games. Let's trade Marino. Hot button. Yeah, let's go. You know, this is the time of year. And this is what is coming for the next couple of months because there's a lot of laziness in the media. And that, my friends, right there was a lazy article in the Miami Herald today by Greg Cody. That's it. So, anyway, get ready. Uh, Sweet Baby Ray says, Big O, I grew up watching Tim McCarver as a color analyst for the Mets in the 80s. God rest his soul. Uh, Cody did say he doesn't think it should happen. He doesn't want it to happen. He said explore it. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. It's a stupid article. There's no exploring that. You have your quarterback. It's, it's get everything else around it. It's figure all the other things out. It's get better as a coach on game day. You know, there's a lot of things that need to be done. And it's not go get another guy that can't pass and breaks down a lot, too, actually. Breaks down more than Tua. Uh, we already have a weak arm Tua. Why the hell do we want a QB who couldn't hit water from a boat? 
Yeah, I know. Weak arm Tua, the number one deep passer in the NFL. Uh, Big O, the number of non-thinking sheeps keeps increasing just as the government wants, sadly. Yeah, they'll keep you stupid, bro. They like to keep you stupid. Okay? That's kind of the idea. Not uh, why educate you. Keep you stupid. That way you have to rely on them and their bad decisions. But, yeah, I just thought it was a, a lazy take today. So, but, hey, it's a trigger. Got me talking about it, right? So he succeeds. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, Cap for Life says, so someone please educate me. Den Lebetard is known for asking the hard questions. So why is it that he's asking Lazy questions to two on Radio Road, just saying smart guys know how to troll, in my opinion. I, I, I saw that interview. Lebby didn't even talk pretty much in that interview. It was just one question, right, I think? It was just on the part about the family. Yeah, that's that, it. That everybody was saying. Was it was all the other care. guys that were asking questions, actually. So, yeah. Um, it was, I mean, you know, that, that they strive on... on uncomfortable and stuff like that that's kind of what their thing is you know what i'm saying and, and there wasn't really a lot of deep stuff to go into with him you know so i they, they were all dying every one of them in every interview it was all going to be about the concussions it's what i told you exactly there was no hurry to get to the pro bowl what for he's going to just answer concussion questions for a couple of days and that's why it just gets to the point where you've answered it once already. How many more different times can you answer the stuff about the concussions? And so they all hang on the sensationalism. Are you going to quit football? Are you afraid to play now? Will, you, will it change the way you play? And this and that. It's, they're, they're trying to sensationalize it. That's all they want to do. That's it. That's all those interviews were about because they couldn't go anywhere else, you know? Why, why not try and talk about how the game was a lot easier for him this year with McDaniel, and what did McDaniel do? And what is it about this offense that you love, you know? And your chemistry at times with the receivers was either on or sometimes it was off. What do you guys got to do in order to get on the same page? You know, why get into actual boring football talk? Which I think is stuff that really the hardcore Dolphin fan wants to find out about. But the problem is you're the minority, the hardcore Dolphins fan. The majority is, oh, concussions. Oh, is his, is his career over? What, what does he feel now that he has a child? that he puts himself at risk. And so how many more times are you gonna ask that question? Yahoo, NFL Network, Lebetard, whatever, everybody. It's like, that's it, once you get past that question, you didn't really care about the team. So you're not really asking anything about the team. You know what I'm saying? Why not ask, hey, you didn't really have a tight end you can count on because this offense requires a guy to block and receive, but you didn't have that. What, 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 what does that element bring 
if you do add it to this offense. And then it may be hard for him to answer because he's got Gesicki still, and he's probably going to defer to Gesicki and say he's great and this and that, whatever. But there are things you can talk about with him if you wanted to. If you really wanted to have a football conversation with the guy, you could actually have a football conversation. You can go over your silly little concussion question for one moment and then move on and have an entire football conversation. But instead, you're talking about, well, will you sue Mike McDaniel for murder if you would have died or whatever? It's like, come on, man. You know, I don't blame him. I don't blame him for, you know, cutting everybody out. So I, I just don't. Um, what else do we have? Uh, Man Darino says, I'm riding with Tua. It's just time to put it all together and get paid. Just prove how little critical thinking the masses in general let the media do that do for them. He's a baller. He is. Just got to figure out how to get rid of the ball faster. Big O, how do you personally feel about the Dolphins keeping Tua from proceeding through the protocol until our, uh, um, Matthew, did you listen to the show at all? At all? Do you listen to this show? Do you listen to it every day? You listen to it throughout that time. What was I saying the entire time? He doesn't need to hurry up for nothing. He needs the entire offseason to rest. So I don't care if they waited till after the season. I'm glad they did it because he needed the time off. I wasn't with the people, oh, let's hurry up. Let's see if he can go play in the Pro Bowl. Like, who gives a shit about the Pro Bowl? Like, I need him tossing eggs and water, bo- and water balloons and playing flag football? No, dude, I don't, uh, we don't need that. He needs rest. So what they did is made me super happy because I said the entire time I did not want him doing anything. I wanted him done. I didn't want him coming back for no playoffs or anything like that. So for me, super happy with it. And if you listen to the show... You, you wouldn't have to ask me that because you would know I wanted him to... Man, the first year I didn't even want him to play. I wanted him to really just heal. There was no hurry. You had Fitz there, let him play the whole year. Who cares? So... Um, let's see. Brett says, remember the fantastic voyage with Raquel Welsh in it? Yes. She was even smoking in a lab coat. She's smoking in anything. Raquel Welsh can make anything look good. I, uh, I tell my wife this all the time because sometimes she'll see somebody dressed kind of ridiculous. And it is kind of ridiculous. But if the woman is a smoke show and she's got a great body... I always tell my wife this. I say, if you're a smoke show, you can put on anything and make it look good. It could be loud or whatever, but if you've got a rocking body, you're going to make whatever crazy outfit look awesome because you've got a rocking body. So... Uh, let's see. Panthers regressed. Heat are mediocre. And any hope for watching Marlins this season? I mean, I'll watch. There's no, like, hope for winning? No, there's no hope for winning. They don't spend enough. 
But they do have a couple of young bats that they added, so hopefully that'll help out with Jazz. Jazz is worth it. I'll be watching for Jazz. I'll be watching for Sandy. I mean, I'm going to watch anyway, but I'm the minority in all of this. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, not, I'm not the majority Marlin fan. There's not, there isn't one. That's the problem, that they, they, they don't attract the average sports fan. You know, and that's, you got to do something like that in order to attract them. There's Sean Stanley, the great Sean Stanley. You're on the air. There you go. Nice job by you, sir. It's a beautiful thing. Steve Calibro is ready to join us. He's a little depressed this week. Eagles losing. Your Jersey boys were probably very unhappy in that town. Can you give him the mic at least? So once you get him on, uh, then we can... Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get you we'll get you the camera in a minute. So we'll my son, I had the I had to wait a day or two before I called him. You know, the Philadelphians took it hard. You know, the officials, it's the officials. The whole game was down to one play, right? He held twice on that play. <laughs> yeah, no, I, let's not make let's not ruin a perfectly good story with the facts. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, the, it's like you know, it's like you know, but wait, oh no, he held it. No, no, he held twice on the play. Yeah, I not, mean, not once, but twice he tugged on the guy. And by the way, James Bradbury is one of my favorite athletes in today's sports because he's a man. He said, "I held him, bro. Yeah. I screwed up. I'm yeah, not, I saw it. I, I don't. I don't point gotta, fingers. You gotta, like you gotta like him." Yeah, I respect that. Yeah. I respect that. And, and, and you know you know what I, I, I attribute it to? Okay, so we get on the turnpike, right? You do 70, 75, and 65, they're not going to pull you over. But you are speeding. Absolutely. So now if, you know, the officer's on the sidelines there. Yeah. Everybody's That's... doing 70, 72. <clears throat> but you swerved a little bit on your changing of lanes at 72, 73. He goes, I'm pulling that guy over. Yeah. And then, but wait a minute, officer, I was going to speed every... Yeah, but I saw you also, you know, change lanes a little, unres you know, irresponsible. So I'm pulling you over. And that's what I and attributed to. And you get two tickets. To. And you get... You're reckless driving and speeding. And right? reckless so driving and speeding. And, and so that's what I attribute to. Oh, holding happens all the time. Well, what do you want to do? You want to call it every time? But if you do it twice on one play, you now put that guy in a position that look, he had to make a call. And by the way, I also subscribe to... That that was one play. The, the game, you know, I mean, the, their def, the Eagles' defense doesn't have to give up 35 points prior to that, or score only 11 in the <laughs> or, second or, half. You know, or or score only 11. Although they did tie it up, that was kind of exciting. Okay, but that you only but you only had 11. You had 24 points in the first half. Right, yeah, they got shut down, and you, and, except and, for one drive. And you couldn't get to Mahomes after having the guys more, more sacks than 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 God. Pretty yep. much this year, because what did the Eagles have? Like 188 sacks they this were year. The, like, they were like number three in the in the history of the NFL. Right, exactly. You know? And now they and they couldn't get him in the second half. No, they couldn't right. get him in the first half either. Well, for, there was zero sacks. So, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So zero there, there's 16 sacks. minutes of no sacks from a team that had. So I mean, it was a little bit. You know, I I, I tried to walk them off the ledge, and you know they're uh, yeah. they were good about it. They're they're they're. They were, actually were they, were they cool. too busy flipping cars, not talking to you? Is that what it was? Well, well <laughs> that's just a couple of uh, of my son's best friend. No, 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 no. It was not my son. But the um, <laughs> it was one thing my son did say that was kind of nice. He's like, no. I said, you know, it's this was before the game. I said, you know, it's a it's like almost like a movie. You got you know 
Andy Reid, great coach, gets fired from Philadelphia or gets run out of town, whatever you want to say, right? And now he comes back and he's playing against the Eagles, same ownership, blah, blah, blah. And then he beats him. A little bit of uh, Now, he said, my son said, no, no, there's no bad feelings. There's no bad feelings between that. That was when he thought he was going to win. Right, yeah. <laughs> then, you know, there was no bad feelings, buddy Andy. And so I thought that was kind of nice. I thought that was nice of my you, son's you can't, part. You can't be pissed at Andy if you're an Eagles fan. I no, mean, I mean, he, he was great he got, there, bro. Got him to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in, in Jacksonville. Got him in Jacksonville, which, you know, I want to talk to the sports media people. I wasn't, I'm digressing. Okay. Grossly digressing. Go ahead. But that was the. I've been to a couple Super Bowls. Maybe uh, one, one with my wife was, you know, down here, and one with my son when he was a kid, and one with my best friend. Jacksonville was my best friend. I had a blast at all of them, but in Jacksonville, it was fantastic. And the media, the sports media, was beating up on them. Oh, because they had to stay in boats and like uh, no, ter- I mean, the hotels, like the hotels weren't very yeah, we, good. And well, then, they were and, far away. You know, we yeah. were like we stayed forty minutes away. Yeah. Okay, you get on a highway, you drive forty minutes. Big deal. You yeah, know, but you live in South Florida. No, we're, but I mean, we we're, still... we're we're like we're we're different. Like we're used to driving. Like yeah, you get some, you get like a New Yorker yeah. or a Chicago person they that they have to drive. Oh yeah. my God, they 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 can't. They don't want to drive. It, it was like like it, they got to drive in a car. Like wow, they're used to they're used to real public transportation, which is something we we lack here. We're not. Yeah, really we lack. Good. Yeah, we lack. No, oh, although I terrible. take the train sometimes. I'm a train guy. I take the tri rail. Oh, that's right. You can. I take the tri-rail. Because so you have a stop here, dude. Yeah, I take the tri-rail, and I take it to the metro. Right. I switch over. It's one stop to on the tri- to the metro here, uh, on the metro. And, uh, like, I- I've taken a train all my life. Like, I, when we used to play hooky in high school. Problem is that we didn't build this thing out like no, we should have in the 80s. No, no. It's, it's, it's a shame. That you, 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 you remember what Reagan said to, about us? No, after, I don't. After we built the metro fail, because that's what we used to call it, the metro fail. The metro fail. fail. <laughs> Uh, he goes, they were, you know, Miami would have been better off giving everybody just a Cadillac. <laughs> you love Ronnie. Yeah. You love oh, Ronnie. I love Ronnie. That was, you know. But, but you know, when I was a kid. Compared I went, to the true... clowns we vote in now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. This is a true story. I don't know this. I, this I, I got to go back. We, when we were in high school, a big train station in New Jersey was right in my hometown. It's called Metro Park. It's the big one. It was, you know, it's monster, you know. And so we would play hooky. We'd go down to Metro Park, jump on a train. So I know how to do the conductor, you know, the, the uh, evade the conductor. Okay. You, you know, you get off and on and on, you know, tri-rail so easy. It's got two levels. It's so easy. But anyhow, so we'd get to New York City for free, and then you play hooky. And they had a place called the Brew Burger. Remember, the, the logos were yellow. Now we're like 15, 16 years old. Buy a cheeseburger. It was like six ninety nine, right? Drink all the beer you want. Wow! During lunch, it was like you know twelve to two thirty or something like that. So we'd play hooky. We'd drinking beer for like six or seven dollars. It was fantastic. True story. You can't make this up. I'm in New York playing hooky, and there's this guy. I haven't seen a guy in God no. I'm sixty four. I probably haven't seen a guy in like thirty. 36 years, you know, Tommy Maloney, kind of a goofy kind of guy. We, there's four of us. We lose Tommy Maloney in New York City. We lose him. Now we get back on the train. We get back on the train. We got, we got to get home, you know, because oh, yeah. we got to get home to our, you know, our, our parents. You know, our mother's going to say, where the hell you been? We get home. We don't know. 
Tommy Maloney calls me that night. Oh, no, his sister, Susie Maloney. Quite cute girl, I may add. She calls me and she says, You're not, she goes, Steve, you know, you hear what happened to Tommy? I said, what happened? He got picked up by the New York City truant officer oh. for playing hooky oh, in wow. New York City from a Jersey school. <laughs> Wait, and here's the end of the story. Never ratted us out. Uh, you can't, of course. Never ratted. I haven't seen Tommy in 38 years, but I don't know. Yeah. Tommy, hats off to Tommy Maloney. Yeah. Did not rat out the you other can't. three guys. It was kind of nice. Won't happen in today's world. <laughs> yeah, today's world. They these, would have paid these, <laughs> these kids will rat your ass out like it's nothing. My wife tells me this all the time. Like <laughs> they're in, in high school, like these kids are ratting each other out like it's going out of style, dude. I mean, uh, eh, anyhow. Like that was that you did not do that in those days. You know. It's just, so back to the game. What did you think of the Super Bowl? I loved it. It was a terrific. Su- yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a terrific game. You know, uh, I, I didn't have a problem with the last with that call because you put him in that position. So that's it, dude. Yeah, I mean, look, even if they even and, if they don't call that, he could make that field goal from that distance. Too. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that, they're making a little bit of a big deal out of that. Right. It wasn't like you know, it wasn't right. like a sixty yarder. The idea is that Philly would have gotten the ball and they had time. And they would have so, had a minute or so. so yeah, a minute least, and a half. Yeah. At least you don't know what was going to happen there. You know what I'm saying? They, they could have scored. They could have turned it over. Tied it up again. They could have gone out and downs, and then the game's could, over. And that's could have been more exciting. Double. You know, could have been an overtime. An, another. Yeah. Yeah. You know, could have been kind of cool, but right. That that's the part. But again. I have no problem with the way it but ended. The, it was yeah. exciting. It was it was a hell of a game. I mean, when the Eagles, you know, although they kind of, I think they. I thought Jalen Hurts really played well too. But he, except for one play, fumbles. Okay, that was well, that I mean, happens. Crap happens, dude. Yeah, but, it, happens. but he didn't play a bad game. He played a hell of a game. Played a very good game. He played very good a game. hell of a game. And so the kids showed up in the biggest moment. So if I'm an Eagles fan, it sucks to lose. But it got it's got to feel good that you got a pretty damn good team. You have a and very you good team. Found a, a quarterback, so dude, you you got a shot next year at, at being again in this uh, game. They're going to absolutely be in it. I could tell you my opinion on the Eagles, and taking nothing away from Hertz because I think Hertz. So Hertz is number one weapon for me, and he's a good passer. He's good at everything. Good understands the game, but you know it's third and eight. AJ and he's got well AJ, if AJ's. Not open, he can run. Oh yeah, yeah, no, of course, yeah. Definitely. There's going to be yeah, yeah. three to five times a game Always. where he's um not on third and two. I'm talking about third and eleven, third yeah. and seven, you know, third and eight, and he runs and gets the first down. I mean yeah. that that's a that's a weapon and a half, right? Yeah. So I like it, Hertz is great, but taking nothing away from Hertz, I think there's of the 22 starters, and Hertz is obviously a, a very good quarterback. I think the other 21 guys are spectacular. Oh yeah. No, no, it's a I think great they're spectacular. Team. No, no, it, it's it, it Hertz is not carrying that team. Yeah. Hertz is Hertz is doing his job, but they are outstanding. <laughs> they have the best defensive lines and offensive lines in football. Although Kansas City's offensive line shut them down, and that was pretty damn impressive. That was because, amazing. I was surprised. Reddick had a year that I don't know if he'll ever have another year like that ever again. You, you know what? You, you bring up Reddick. It's so funny. And I super apologize for missing last week. But had I been here, I would have talked about Hassan Reddick, how he got over, how he got passed over for All Pro. Yeah, here's a guy. Oh, he's second team All Pro. I right. get it. Right. Well, but, because he he this is like he, he hadn't done this, and and that's the problem. And so he kind of had a down year, and, and then, then he comes and he back the here down, and the he, down and, Super Bowl. Right? And I mean, he didn't play a bad game. He just didn't play a good game, right? So, in my opinion, but I have a I had a different theory before the game. And maybe that theory still 
proves true. I think Hassan Hassan is like he suffers from he didn't come from a high profile pedigree. Right. He came from Temple, Temple Temple University, you know, so he's not an Ohio State guy, he's not, you know, Alabama guy. And so nobody was really giving him I thought he I thought he deserved a little more respect. Now, he didn't have the greatest Super Bowl, but but he he had a he he had a fantastic season. Led the, led the NFL in, in sacks, right? 18 and a half sacks. Yeah, no, he was a I monster. Mean, they're, they're talking about Nicky Bosa's the greatest thing Sim ever, ever walked on the, on the planet. Who I like, Nicky Bosa, don't get me wrong. Right. But, you know, he had 16 and a half sacks, and his team didn't get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, at that point, you know, I thought Hassan Riddick played, uh, had a great season. But that's the Super Bowl. Now, see, and, and I think having the 16 sacks – and then he bounced around the last couple of years. He had 11 last year, had 12 and a half. And then his first three years, it was two and a half, four and one. Yeah. And so now he's kind of found his way. And the one thing you can't take away from the guy is he had 12 and a half in Arizona. He had 11 for Carolina last year. And he had 16 this year. So he really, like he, how he was available... He's a late bloomer, though. You could right. almost say he's a late bloomer, right? That's what it is. You know, I think That's what did, it is. It's kind of like the back end of his career now, <laughs> on, on early part of his career, because it's only six years. It's when the light has finally gone on uh, with him. And you so, know, he's from New Jersey. Oh, really? Hassan Riddick. Really? He's from Haddon Heights. Haddon Heights is a nice little town. It's Haddon yep, Heights is Haddon Heights. Yeah, he's New basically Jersey. Haddon Heights is like a suburb of. He was born in Camden. Camden. Well. Everybody was born in the hospital in Camden, and the, and the fortunate ones got out of Camden because Camden's it's it's literally the shithole of, of it's one of the shitholes in America. Yeah, there's about ten of them, and it's one of them. Right? Maybe there's five of them. It's in the top five. Newark's the other one, and I was born in the shithole of Rawway, and I have to dis- describe not the prison, the hospital. <laughs> you know, so in New Jersey, you're born in. Crappy little town, you know, crappy towns like Newark, Camden, and uh, and uh, and Rawway. But in, but you know, the, the good thing is that he got he got out of Camden. Haddon Heights is like, uh, there's nobody in Haddon Heights that doesn't say they're from Philly. It's literally, you know, right. I got you. Yeah, you know, they probably half the town works in Philly. Right. It's like right over the bridge. Right. But uh, anyhow, a good a good another Jersey guy. Just want to tell you that it's either Florida, Texas. Then I tell you, Jersey gives a run for its money for the little state. You know, they have no college. They have like they can't keep their college football players. Rutgers, everybody. They oh lose yeah, them. we don't we don't look at we don't look at that area like football country. Well, you know, it's not it's like not college. college. Yeah, yeah what I'm saying is it's, it's pro, no, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pro. Like, it, like yeah. you know what? You know who's the highest paid public employee in uh, New Jersey? And he's excessively paid. Way too much, I think. And I like him. And he's excessively paid. The governor? Greg Schiano. Oh, she- oh well, yeah, that's right. They gave him yeah, yeah. a deal. Yeah, that didn't is they build him a mansion on the property and everything? Helicopter. Like, yeah. uh, it's insane what they gave him. Yeah. And he still can't get Rutgers. Rutgers still suffers from losing the New Jersey local talent. Yeah. Guys are like grew up five miles from the Rutgers Stadium, and they go to Alabama, or they go to Michigan, they go to everywhere else. You know, it's... It's sort of a uh, problem. until you until you <laughs> prove that you can become an NFL factory, you're not going to get that. Yeah. I mean, look at the University of Miami; they lost their mojo. Wow, Florida Just, State lost their mojo. Well, they're, yeah, they lost it recently, though. Florida State. I mean, no, but they, I'm going to say now they, they got it back. Start trying to get it back. No, no, they got it back. They got the ten wins this year. <laughs> they're they got a Heisman Trophy hopeful for next year. A good defensive coach came yeah. to the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. So no, no, no. What, what do I mean is 
that for years now Florida State fell off, and so did Miami. You know what I'm saying? University uh, of Florida, Tennessee. Up until this year, they were off the map for yeah. uh, you know for a long time. Uh, USC fell off the map. Yes, another Texas one. Texas fell off the map. Well, Texas had Nebra a run there. It was Nebraska horrible. has completely been lost. So think about it. How hard it is for Rutgers to just try to build a program when established programs have lost their mojo and they can't find it. You but, know what I'm saying? So it's it, it's it's just think about it. If it's hard for USC to get back on track. How much harder is it going to be for Rutgers, Rutgers to get track to get on track? You <laughs> know what traction, I'm saying? You know? Like Tennessee, this was like the first year that yeah, Tennessee year. busted out since Philip Fulmer. Uh, I mean, you know, different coach. Yeah, know? nobody. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but even if you have the resources, if you don't know what the hell you're doing, but you won't get it done. But the the rap on Rutgers is there's great players in that New York, yes. New Jersey. That are leaving and right. going, they're flying right over the stadium to go to another school, you know. And and Shiano was brought back to try to get that. And but he hasn't reached <coughs> the last window he was at the last time with no. Rutgers. No, remember, I, I believe they made an Orange Bowl with Rutgers. Ray Rice, right? Ray Rice was the running right. back. That, that's what I'm saying. New York that, kid, new, kid from New York. And then he left to greener pastures. And so if he would have stayed there at that moment. He could have built it from there. From yes. that moment on, he had a chance because once you start getting a couple of NFL players, then you'll start getting more to commit, and then you'll keep doing yeah. it, and then you'll build it. You know, USF, they were number like two or three in the country with, um, what was the name of the guy from USF that they fired him because he, 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 put a kid in a shed or something, or I don't know what he did to him. Uh, Levitt, Levitt, Jim Levitt. And, and, and um, Jason Pierre-Paul came out of South Florida. Yeah, yeah. Selvi and uh, no, but they uh, have they, they had they had like some NFL players that were coming out. And then at, the, at that moment, he gets fired. Boom, they Listen, lost it, and they never were able to recover. Here, here's my rap on Rutgers, and we kind of digress. I wanted to talk about the box. We're going to talk no, about no, boxing. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Get it. So, so, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas down here in Fort Lauderdale, Davie or Fort Lauderdale, whatever. Powerhouse. Powerhouse, right? One of their common opponents is a New Jersey high school. Bosco. Don Bosco Prep. I know. Right? Don Bosco Prep is a powerhouse. Yeah. Now, so... So why can't you got the kids from Don Bosco? Don Bosco plays a bunch of other good schools in, you know, in the area too, not just St. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just it's, – it's, it's the a, weirdest It's thing. a very difficult task. I understand what you're saying. It's a really good point. I think it's even more than that. I think it's just – I don't know. It's a tough, tough, tough task to keep those kids there. And, yeah. But let's You're going to need some – and nowadays you're going to need some NIL people yeah. that are willing to spend some big-ass money to bring those kids there. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a different monster now. But, you know, New York and New Jersey, they've been able to do it with basketball. Yeah, but you only need three three guys, you know. I know it's a five-man team, but, you know, three guys are going to make a champion, a but very good championship. But the not, basketball not, culture of, of, of New York is... And New Jersey in, is big And New time. Jersey is incredibly rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so then they've been able to build on that at least a little bit. And still to this, they, they don't really dominate either in well that you sense, know what sucks though how crazy it is but at one point you know, it was years ago st john's and yeah, yeah but but the big east yeah the big what east. a great basketball right conference then they broke it down to, they broke it up and they went out everybody sells right right it, it's a mess it's and uh, it's weird man it's weird how how maybe i don't know if it's such a concrete city 
that it doesn't allow you to grow certain sports because you need the space for buildings and everything yeah. else. You know what I'm saying? It's such a concrete place that there's a lot of, there's a lot, there's a lot of pavement. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a lot of concrete. Yeah, it's, there it's, is it's the financial, a lot of buildings. It's, it's the financial focal point of the world. Yeah. You know but what I'm saying? So it's almost like they're they're too busy doing other things that are way more important than to build football universities and but, but just like so that. you know, it's not like their thing. It's just New York. It's never been that. New York, the state, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. You got about forty million people. Just shy about thirty-five I'm, to forty million people. I know. South Florida. What do we got? Like seven, seven million, maybe. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you take if you include Palm Beach County. Yeah, but we <laughs> yeah. got a lot of grass. And, a lot it's, of fields, and it's nice weather. <laughs> and, and nice weather year round. Yeah, baseball's a, that's a, that's why baseball is such a big thing here. No, too. anything. Football. You can, play. you can play football all year. You can't do that in New York. No, no, no. It's and, a, then, and then if you live in the city, where are you going to play football? No, but it, it, it's, it, it, it's the weather, it's too. The, I'm, it, I'm telling you. In South Florida, you have a park <laughs> a block or five blocks away from any house. In, Anywhere there's a in park. In New Jersey, you, you have a that. telephone pole right. with a basketball hoop attached to it and some piece of plywood. Right. And that's what you do. You play basketball and then you sprain your ankle on the curb. Right. It's, it's aligned. It's perfectly aligned. When you jump it, up, you come down, you sprain your ankle. I just think it's <laughs> the, the lifestyle is different. That it, it just doesn't it, it doesn't allow you to infuse that, that type of culture. There's another thing too, Big O. And it has to do with, um, like it's weird. If you look at the Southeast schools... You know, Alabama, Auburn. Auburn's in the middle of nowhere, right? I mean, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. But, but that's a, all they can do. Yeah, it, right. So it's, but if you look at Auburn and you look at Alabama, they really have no pro team. No, I know. It's hours away. Maybe, maybe, New Orleans. maybe it's New Orleans. Maybe it's the Atlanta, right? It's maybe. the Saints, yep. right? Or, or Dallas. You know, the, the guys will be but, Dallas. Believe it or not, you still have a lot of Dolphin fans in that area. But, but I mean, there's it's not it's really crazy. there's not really NFL no craziness no. there. But there's college craziness. Oh yeah, southeast now, now in the in North Jersey, New York, you have NFL craziness. Yes, and not so you have the NFL is kind of consuming the football fan. Right, you know yeah. what I mean. So they're like, how much football can we take? I guess yeah. you know it's, you know it's it's the exact inverse. Like I said, they're the financial world. <laughs> that's why they're so interested. Yeah, they're betting on it. That's well, all. that's what I'm saying. It's it's a different culture. It's you know what? Different. Though? I have look. I'm, you brought up sports betting, and I did make a bet on the Eagles, and yes, I lost. And I have to be a man and say that I thought it was a. Bet the ranch type of bet, but a lot of people did. You know, I just uh, I didn't was a, I was a Chiefs guy, but so. um, it, you know the the uh, so, so the sports betting thing. I want to tell you something, Big O. When are we getting it back, bro? Uh, so I did have a meeting with you know we are in a an agreement. Mm-hmm. Can't really call it a partnership, but we are in an agreement with the Seminole Tribe. So when they get it, we get it sort of funneled through them, and we're one of three or four paramutuals in the state, and there's like 20-some paramutuals that, you know, the Seminoles have already, you know, talked to us. I talked to them last week. Everything's, you know, we're ready to go as soon as the, we can get through this court hearing. I asked the question, how long is it, you know, and the, and the answer is we have no idea. Like the, the, the court case is just taking way too long. You know, and it's, and it's a sin because it's such an exciting, if you put 100 so bucks on a game, it just makes it a little exciting. I usually bet, I'll bet like 50 or 100, you know. Even when I bet 50, 
you know, I could, if I lose 10 bets at 50, I, I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to be on a street corner with a tin right. can, right? It's entertainment. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. It's but the game is so much more exciting. Like, it's so much more exciting. You know, 50 bucks, this is going to make or break me, you know? No. And And it's, um, so the answer to that question is, unfortunately, they're working through the process. There is some kind of, at the end of February, something in the case has to occur. Some kind of hearing is going to occur, and then we might have a might have a little clarity on the timing of it come the end of February. Come okay. the end of February, so that's that's the latest news on that one. But I do want to share with you something. It's, it's I read something. I read all the industry stuff, and sports betting. And I have a theory. Sports betting in the fourth quarter of 2022 was down nationwide was down and and there was this there's this thing oh, we were in the back end of the recession there yes they're saying the millennials liquidity was, was Lim- down yeah the, the the millennials are backing off on that's why they're wagering that's why the stock market was down that's why tesla was down 105 dollars and oh, now it's nearly 200 214 uh, yesterday two, uh, 214 so they go uh, i bought it at 218 I watched it go to 110. At 110, I told well, my that's wife. That's what I told everybody to get in at 110. I, at 110, I told my wife, I said, honey, I'm getting in. I'm getting, I'm going to buy, I'm going to, I had X amount of shares. I'm going to buy two more lots of that. And to be honest with you, I was busy and crazy. Like you understand, someday yeah, we're going to yeah, have a beer. Yeah, yeah. You, we're going to have a beer. I'll tell you, it's busy, personal and professional, right? Right, right. We'll, we'll, we'll chat about that, right? But, and I didn't buy it. And then I, and then it went so fast. It took like 30 days to go from 108 to two something. Liquid, was, liquidity has kicked in. Yeah, man. That's, but, why, that's why stocks and crypto have exploded. Yeah. Well, but, but crypto went from like 16, 17 to 22, right? I mean, 25. It's at 25 now? It hit 25 today. Oh, I didn't know that. that that's big in the last week then. That's, that's big. Yeah, I think it was 21 in the beginning 21, of the week. 21, 22, yeah. Yeah, I, I, have a, I, I follow it because I know you have an interest and I like, and I noticed that it was, it was yeah, so anyhow. You put 1,000 when it was 16, 5. You yeah, you're, you're up 80%. Yeah, 60%. You know, fifth, a little over 50% right now because it went up 8,500 from 16,500. So it's a little over 50%. You would have 1,500 right now if you put 1,000. I know. But that you being know. said, I didn't. So, no. <laughs> but, the, uh, Whatever. But, but sports betting is down a little, which is a little bit odd. You know, I think that... But not for the year. No, no, no. Just the fourth quarter of 2022. Okay, just the that, fourth quarter. It's, not for the it, year. No. It's, fun, it's, funny because, the year. it's funny because I, I have that story. It's... But, but Big O, it's, it's, uh, it's one of my uh, KSDT CPA stories. But, but Big O, it's it's that's that's NFL season. It's you know that's NFL time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. sports betting, you know, in in many parts of the country are linked to NFL in a big way. I mean, it's not maybe the major. It's either the majority or near the biggest. Last year, legal sports betting four point three billion. Yeah, it's it's the, really. You this, know who's upset this, this year? Seven point five right, billion. I mean, it's it's a big deal. I also think there was a little bit of a rush when it first got approved, and it was like a new thing. You know, I, I know myself. You know, I was I, when I got my first online account, I was betting like all the time. You know, and then, then I was betting. Get, I was betting live. Yeah, I don't like live. Oh bets. my god, I was. No, kill, it's, it's I was too killing much. Killing it live. No, I'm not saying you can't kill it. But, oh, I was killing it live. But it's too. It's too. It's it's too much. Oh no, it's I'm not. I'm a hyper guy, no, and it's it not. seems like it's too much. Oh no, it's not. You got to sit with me. No, uh, no, 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 no. But no. listen, I, I get distracted. I, will, I, I, know I, what's going, I, can, I, I don't watch know the what game. it is, man, but I, I love. Oh, guys, you I do have, love it. I love it, and I have a feel for uh, markets or sports when they're bottoming. 
and when it's time to get in, you know? And so for me, that's kind of been a, a thing. People love and, the live. And let me tell you, the live, I just knew when the bottom was, this is the one you got to get in on, boom, ba ba, And I was killing it in that app, bro. I was killing it with live. <laughs> God, it was so awesome, man. No, I, it's it's too complex for me. Oh, you know, it's like, oh no. my God, now I'm like, my head's gonna explode, you know. Which might be really fun. I mean, it might be a fun time. But. Oh God, it was it was a lot of fun. It was anyhow. I really enjoyed it. So I'm hoping we do get it back. But we got boxing coming. We got back. boxing next week. Yes, February 24th. How many tickets can we give away on the show? Well, put a will card. A will call. So we can give away this week, and we can give away next week. So how many do I give away this week? What do you want to give away? Uh, you're the boss, not me. Ah, I just take orders. I just take orders around here. <laughs> you're so, the boss. Whatever you and Frank tell me Frank's to do. Frank's the boss. Frank's the boss. So um, I don't know. Let's, just, let's let's give a couple away, a couple pairs this week, and more next week. Okay, two pairs in this week. Yeah. Okay. All right. And more next week. So your so your listeners come back. If you guys want to uh, come out to uh, see Guillermo Regandao and several other young Cuban boxers that uh, some could be big time stars down the line, and uh, you can be here on the twenty fourth of this month, send me a DM. Okay, so let's not clutter people's uh, timelines. To Big O Show, my DMs are open. So you can uh, send me a DM and tell, tell me you want to go to the boxing event, and we will pick a couple of winners, and we will put your name at Will Call. I'm going to need, when I tell you you won, then I'll ask you for your personal information so we can verify, obviously, when you come to pick up the tickets. But uh, send me a DM at Big O Show on Twitter, and tell me that you want to go to the boxing event on the 24th of this month at Hialeah Park. Should we make it, should we make it a little interesting? What is it? Let's so go. As they are sending you their request, mm -hmm. maybe we make them ask a, answer a question about Hialeah Park. A little okay. trivia question. All right, like? <laughs> oh, I, I'm just the idea guy. I don't have the specifics. <laughs> how, many, how many slot machines do they have here? Do they have over 700, over 800, or over 900 slots? And put a number, and the closer you get to it at the, the day... You're going to uh, give them a free buffet? <laughs> I'm going to give them the tickets. I mean, the free, we don't have a buffet. <laughs> no, we don't have the buffet. And we're not oh, bringing a buffet this year. Oh, no, year? we're doing. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. We're doing. Right, wait, so wait, hold on. Hold that's on, the only on, reason Sean no, comes. I think I'm at a restaurant. He doesn't <laughs> come for the boxing, he no, comes no, for no. the buffet. Wait, 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 wait. So. What we're giving him. So we you are about to piss him off, bro. No, I'm telling you, look at you. Did you see? He had not moved for like three hours. Yeah, he's got it. And all of a sudden, yeah, you, we just were like, Mentioned no, bu buffet. no <laughs> buffet. Like, whoa. No, no, no. But, but, but here. I mean, if somebody guesses how many slot machines you have, you got to give them a buffet. Okay. The number. You got to come around and count the number. Okay. As of, as of this Saturday night, how many we have? Right, exactly. No, Friday. This Friday night, because a week from the fight. Okay. A week from the fight. Friday I know, night. I know it's over 700 or maybe over 800 or maybe over 900, but you got to give me that number. If you guess that number, not only will you win a pair of tickets, we're going to give you a free buffet, you and your uh, favorite person and that you bring. The closest one. You don't have to. You know, let's, okay. If the nobody closest, gets the, yeah, closest the closest two. Two. The closest two. And it's not like... Uh, Wheel of uh, what's his name? Uh, and by yeah, the Wheel way, of Fortune, you can go over. Let, let over under, yes, it's, it's the over let, under concept. Let me just say something. The buffet is awesome. Okay, so I'm just saying, the buffet kicks ass at the, at the boxing wait, event. Wait, 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 
big O. This week, it's out on the Fountain Terrace. It's uh-huh. a boxing match. And it's being sponsored by Voli 305, which maybe your, your listeners know. But Voli 305 is a vodka owned by Armando Perez, the one and only Pitbull. Oh, okay. Pitbull has a vodka. He's going to, his vodka, uh, we've been in communication with his people. He's about such a that. good dude, bro. He's a nice guy. Isn't you he? know what? He's like Let a really cool dude. He wants to help his friends. He wants to help his his city. His, oh, he's a 305 all the way. He, he wants to help his county. He wants to help, his, you know, everybody he can. No, he's a good dude. And, you know, he, you, know what, you know what his lawyer told me? He goes, you know, when I talked to Armando, he has a simple philosophy. If you just put good people together, right. sooner or later, good things will happen. I agree. I agree. You know, so anyhow, so... Pitbulls, okay. Vodkas, 305, uh, Voli, V-O-L-I, 305. It's a vodka that we're going to be having out on the Fountain Terrace. There'll be a taste test. Taste test. There you yeah. go. It's, it's a little buffet of vodka, so to speak. Um, and uh, it's going to be a nice nice event. Nice event. That's so going to be... Relax. The buffet will be there. <laughs> yeah, the food will be there, too. Relax. <laughs> relax. But we're adding to the food. We're adding to the food. Okay, to so, the food. Big O Show on Twitter. DM me if you want to win a pair of tickets and DM the total amount of machines we have downstairs. It's all the ones on the floor and in the smoking hot slots all together. Absolutely. So it's all together. How many machines do we have? Watch somebody come down here and just go. Oh, I'll be loving it. And send it in. And if and, and the one that gets closest to the total machines will win a pair to go to the buffet. And okay? the boxing match. And the boxing match. And the boxing match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you may you you may be stuck in the buffet with Sean after that, <laughs> you know, when you go. It's just I do have one more thing. What do you got? I mean, boxing is going to be great next week, right? Damn right. Alan, we're um, giving away a, a car. A Mercedes-Benz. I will tell you, I got, I'm not a big Mercedes fan. Millions of people disagree with me. <laughs> Most people love Mercedes, right? It's a good car. I, I got it. You know, I got in that Mercedes, and it's beautiful. Yeah. It has this, you know, it, you know what it is? I'm glad you found that out now. <laughs> It's an, it's After 64 <laughs> years on Earth, no, but, but, you have figured out that Mercedes no. is a pretty good car. Yeah, No, but it's different now. When I got into a Mercedes 10 years ago, it was nice. You know, I, I thought it drove a little heavy, but I drove it. Drives with a luxury feel. And really, it's just an iPad. It's an iPad with a steering wheel. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> that's nowadays, what it is. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, what nowadays, it is. That's yeah. all it is. But that's a, it's not an electric one, is it? No, but oh, it's an okay. iPad with it. Right. It's not electric, but it's just okay. it's an iPad with a steering wheel and a beautiful, nice, luxury interior. It's really nice. It's unbelievable. They have, they have it out here. When you come to uh, Hylia Park, you will see it. Yeah, it's, it is really, really it's nice. When, when you guys give it away at the end of the month, right? So you earn entries for all of February, all of March. Watch. And please believe me on this one. So We're on giving it away on April 1st. Oh, on April 1st. I know it's April Fool's Day. Oh, okay. And people aren't going to agree. You know, like, it happens to be a Saturday. We're giving it away on April Fool's Day. That's right, because you always do it on a Saturday. Yeah, so, but you, you can't forget it. April 1st, you, you know, but you earn entries throughout, all of throughout February, the next two months. All of March. And come take a look. It's a, it's a pretty car. So every time you play any of the slot machines, you enter into the drawing. So there you go. Every time, win or lose, you're earning entries. Right. Win or lose, you're earning entries. There so. you go. So uh, get on down here to Hylia Park and sign up. Already, all right, man. And I appreciate just you. Finish. I just bring it a whole full circle. 
you know, whatever happened to the Brew Burger? It was a great restaurant. <laughs> you know, when I was 16, I thought it was like, I thought it was about the, it was the bomb. Have man. you it been was, to the was, tub down in Miami? Le tub? Le tub. All right, le tub. Overrated. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I think, well, the, just the inflection you had there. You know, like saying, it's not oh, the gra- it's, no, no, it's not the greatest burger or anything, but it's, it's pretty good. I enjoy cool it. Cool and all, you know, it's nice. Uh, I I was expecting more. You know, if you want a really good <laughs> burger in Winwood, there's a place called the Butcher Shop. I'll try that. Okay. Oh, you want to know why I was expecting more at Late Tub? Why? I could get in trouble for saying this. So Oprah Winfrey. I would think she understands burgers. Right. right. At least some point in her life, she understood the burger, right? Right, right. She had voted at one of her favorite places for a hamburger. So, so uh, I went. By the way, so did uh, so, uh, diners, drive-ins, Guy Fieri. He, he liked that place, too? Yeah. I, I guess I was expecting too much. I mean, I, I expected a little more out of Oprah from I, a burger I, I think standpoint. it's because it's a it, it's a different place. It's odd, you know, with the toilets. Right. And, you yeah, know, that, the, that's what I yeah. think it is. But it was okay. But the burgers are solid now. But the drinks were the plastic cup. I mean, it was kind of yeah, weird. Yeah. It was like the butcher shop. I'll try it out. The butcher shop in Winwood. I'm a burger guy. The butcher shop in Winwood, and you'll you'll remember. And maybe it's in my place. retirement someday, I'll I'll open up a restaurant, call it the Brew Burger. Drink all the beer you want. There get, is, get some of those kids that are playing hooky. <laughs> Come out. And <laughs> I, but isn't there like a brew burger or something like that? Brew bowl or whatever? Yeah, we're, well, we're, every burger. When, 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 we every... Used, when we did 1210, right there in Doral, there was a, it was it was the bur, it was called Bird Bowl. Oh, Burr Bowl. That's right. Burr Bowl, not Bird. Burr Bowl. That's right. I'm telling that's you. This, that's what it was. As a 16-year-old, it was like, really, it was the finest dining in, on the planet. Yeah. And you could have beer. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Remember, the drinking age was 21 in New Jersey and 18 in New York. Really? Yeah. When oh, I was, wow. When I was a kid. When I was, you know, I was Wow, because it was 18 here. Yeah. And when I was turning 18, it changed to 19. And when I was about to turn to oh, 19, no, I, I was it went to then. 21. I the, yeah, I was... Uh, it, it just moved right around my age. <laughs> no, I did the exact moving. opposite. I, it, it just, I mean, it didn't matter because I was going in a club since I was 15. <laughs> I had a beard since I was 15. <laughs> so I was walking into Alexander and Mystique and, any, and Casanova and any club at 15. So it didn't matter to me. But, you know, it's just I'm going to digress. You know how naive I was when I was 15? So we lived in North Jersey. You could get to Staten Island in 10 minutes. Right. Staten Island's New York, drinking age 18. So we'd hang at the dead end. I lived in, like, in this neighborhood where it had a dead end. It was a cemetery. Yeah, really like high end, high end joint, you know? <laughs> you know? And we was, there was a little stick of woods. It was like smaller than these six tables, right? And we'd hang in the woods there and we'd drink beer. And then I'm, but I'm naive. I'm like in ninth grade, you know. And they, and they hey, you want some beer? You know, Johnny, oh. Johnny B. He was the guy that was 18. You know, he was who, who I, who I may add, Johnny B.'s mother was my mother's closest friend, and Johnny B. was my, my sponsor and confirmation for the Catholics. Want to know that? Okay. So, <laughs> so Johnny B. is going to the island, and I'm like, okay, I'll have some beer. Like for six months, I didn't even know what island is he going to. Like, where's he going? And he was going over to Staten Island. They had these giant liquor stores on the other side of the bridge, and he'd buy like a you know a case of quarts. You know the you know what you know what the Budweiser quarts. Yeah, you know? I remember. You know what we would pay? 
They were oh, God, they were yeah. sixty five cents a quart. Yeah, We'd have to give Johnny seventy five cents. Right, of course. Because he needs a dime, you know, for for the for the for fuel the, and for stuff, the effort. You know? and the fuel, yeah, for the course. effort and stuff, you know. Of course. So so I you're talking to a guy that had a a that went to Catholic school in eighth for eight years, then had to go to public school. That's a story too. Hey Ma, um, yeah, I got to pick a high school, Ma. You know the what's my? I can go to St. Thomas. Uh, how much is that? Uh, that's like three thousand. Uh, I was talking to the coach from St. Joe's. But I'm not really crazy about that. That's all boys. How much is St. Joe's? Well, that's like four thousand a year. Um, and then I can go to John F. Kennedy. How much is John F. Kennedy? Free. Well, nah, it's free. It's public. You're going to Kennedy. But yeah, yeah. So that was that's how my that was my educational thing. But but you're talking to a guy. Back to my other story. You're talking to a guy who was sponsored in his sixth grade confirmation Catholic ceremony by a guy, the same guy who supplied him with illegal beer. Sounds, when he, like, when sounds he was like a mentor to me. <laughs> sounds like a mentor to me. Johnny Bertelson. My, that's, that's my kind of mentor right there. All right, man. Enough's enough. Enough crazy stories. I appreciate you. <laughs> Steve Calibro, baby. General manager here at, of course... Hialeah Park. And remember, we've got the fights coming on the 24th. Ali Rodriguez will be there. De La Torres will be there. Lascaia will be there. Some of these young up-and-coming Cuban boxers. And Guillermo Rigondal. Go to HialeahPark.com. Find out more. You can get tickets. And if you want to win a pair of tickets, you got to send me a DM at Big O Show and tell me you want in. And tell me how many slot machines does Hialeah Park have, and the closest one will win a pair of tickets for the buffet here at uh, Hialeah Park that night. So there you go. Uh, Jason, uh, the guest doesn't happen here on the uh, chat board, my brother. Big, you got to go to Twitter, Big O Show. Uh, we got a whole bunch of them here guessing, and uh, you know the, the guesses have to be on Twitter, bro, on DM. All right, Steve, I appreciate you big time, my man. Thank you so much. There you go. Good stuff as always. All right, let's take a quick break. Um, hey, you guys can spark it up. Hour number two. It's 420. Next. There's no need to drive around South Florida wasting valuable time looking for a new or certified pre-owned Acura. Go to the number one volume sales dealership in the Southeast United States. Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. Purchase with pace and space in a dealership tailored to your needs. From home buying to providing that personal touch. Contact the 2020 Satisfaction Award winner Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. 888-776-5123. That's 888-776-5123. Or visit them at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. Oh, I think I know what this is. Houston, we have a package. Hello? No matter where you are, the Sloman Shield Home Security System guards your home. With next-gen perimeter protection, 24-7 monitoring, and interior motion sensing. And right now, get a free Sloman Shield Security System and doorbell camera all professionally installed for free. Shield your world, the Sloman Shield.
For over 16 years, EJDConstruction.com has provided South Florida residents quality craftsmanship, accurate project management, and exceptional service. That's why EJDConstruction.com is an A-rated member of Angie's List and the Better Business Bureau. When you're looking for the right custom home builder for additions or home remodeling, please call my friend Eric at 305-433-4843. That's 305-433-4843 for EJDConstruction.com. Point statements or beliefs expressed on the following program by the host, guests, or callers are not necessarily the opinions of FantasyXS.com, media group, Inc. ownership, management, sponsors, or website. When it comes to South Florida sports teams, very few in the media have witnessed, lived, and covered it like the Big O. Let's start the program dedicated to your favorite South Florida teams with a passion that's unmatched. The Big O Radio Show is on. Here's the Big O. All right, all right, all right. We're back here on the program. Uh, David Dwork is set to join us in a couple of minutes. We'll have some fun with him. We'll uh, we'll talk a little Oki uh, overall. See, uh, get his thoughts on this uh, pathetic season so far for the Florida Panthers. It's been really, really bad, man. Really, really bad. Uh, so, as a Heat fan, I watched that crap last night. They lose to the Nets, who are obviously are depl- – and I, I know that the Heat were missing a couple of players and all that stuff. Brother, Bam and Butler were on the court. You, you got to win with Bam or Butler on the court. Not that Jimmy was playing with um, – let's just say the enthusiasm that I normally would see him play with. But anyway – 13 points, six, six assists, two blocks. Um, uh, no, just six assists. Two blocks was for Bam. And he had 24, 13, and six assists in the process. But they just, man. And now what I have to look forward to is Kevin Love. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, Iris telling me, well, you know, the, the getting Duncan back. Well, he came back yesterday, two of seven. Airball, I mean, this is what I got to look forward to. You're saving who I like the kid, but he's a kid. And he had, you know, several nights of rebounding well, but he never crossed any kind of threshold offensively. And then Duncan Robinson has not ever found his stroke like he had two years ago. And so now I'm supposed to expect Yurtsevin to... Be a savior? Duncan to be a savior? Oladipo, who can't stay healthy, to be a savior? And Kevin Love? That's what I'm looking forward to? Man, listen. I love Riles. I want him to stay here forever. I want him to leave whenever the hell he wants to leave. I don't want him to ever leave. Okay? Uh, I don't want Mickey Harrison and his family to ever sell the team. Uh, I, I, I like them a lot. But I got to say... 
both of you have screwed up a lot lately. And you haven't done a good job of running the team. Not saying you got to get out of here or anything like that. But at least I'm going to be honest about it. And I'm not going to pussyfoot around all of this crap. Since the big three, there's been a crap ton of terrible decisions. They tied themselves to four deadbeats that tied them down for a couple of years and they couldn't do anything. And now here you go again. You tied yourself down to a Kyle Lowry. You're in the second year of a terrible three-year contract. And you weren't smart by extending Jimmy Butler, which that's going to turn into a terrible contract. It's already a bad contract this year because he can't play all the games. And, and you just can't keep making bad mistakes like Duncan Robinson. That you can't go paying a guy and then make him worthless after that. And now you can't trade him. Now, instead of, hey, you know, Duncan Robinson's salary is pretty manageable at $15 million. We can We can trade him anytime and pick up a pick and pick up space or use it. No, now you have to use a pick in order to get rid of him. The Dwayne Dedman deal became a disaster. You had to give away draft capital to, just to get rid of a deadbeat like Dwayne Dedman. I got nothing against the people that own the team. I got certainly nothing against Riley. Love them both. But they have been absolute screw-ups here as of late. They keep making one bad deal after another, after another, after another. And then you expect me as a fan to be excited about Kevin Love? When, when Ira was telling well, you know, you get Duncan back, I want to hang myself by him telling me that. Oh, no, you'll get yurt saving back, and that might help you. And there I am shoving bamboo in my nails. And now I'm, I'm reading in the paper that maybe they can trade for Kevin Love. And I, I just want to, you know, gargle peanut butter, fart the Star Spangled Banner while I'm sitting upside down because that's a lot more entertaining than Kevin Love. And I'm watching this just mediocre team last night lose to another mediocre team last night. And I'm like, what the hell is going on with the Miami Heat? And when are they going to start making good decisions? Because they keep making bad and desperate decisions. You got to be desperate, bro, to, to trade for Kyle Lowry. And then you got to be out of your mind to give him a three-year, $90 million contract. You have to be absolutely freaking insane to give that man that contract. You're paying him what Toronto should have paid him for his years of service. All he's doing here is stealing money, dude. Just don't sell me bullshit. That's all. Just don't, don't feed me the bullshit. Nature B is for me, baby. And right now we got a great deal. 85 cents a day. Yes. 200 cap supply, which will last you 100 days over three months. 
Only $85, man. Plus, we're going to give you a free Manuka Honey Lip Balm for free. And you're going to love that also. So check it out. Go to naturebee.com slash big O. All right? Use it there. And I've been telling you about Nature Bee for over 20 years. You get all the energy, extra energy in the afternoon. You also, by the way, boost your immune system. That for me, that's the most, that, that is what is precious to me about Nature B. Now, lots of other things, you know, st uh, stronger nails, fuller hair, less stress, allergy relief, high, uh, high, highlighting libido. Uh, I'm telling you, man, there are so many benefits from plant pollen you can read up on it yourself and this come from comes from clean green new zealand it is not made in some lab somewhere no this is great for you and it's great for the kids anybody and everybody you can't even overdose on it you can take 400 of them and nothing's going to happen to you although you'll boost the hell out of your immune system for a while no but all you need is those two golden capsules every day keep it all natural folks and the benefits are absolutely endless there's a reason why i've been taking it for 20 years there's a reason why if you've listened to the show watched the show for 20 years you'll notice one thing you'll go he rarely ever has a cold nature b it's my favorite thing about it man i rarely ever get a cold because my immune system is always double stacked and in this virus filled world naturebee.com slash big o 85 cents a day is a joke. Two golden capsules every single day for the next 100 days. And we're going to give you a free Manuka Honey Lip Balm. You're going to love it. Naturebee.com slash Big O. All right. Let's switch gears. Let's get on the ice. Let's talk to David Dwork. Yes, sir. From WPLG. Next. There he is, ready well, to go. Realm has more than 62 years of living. There we go. Okay, there we go. Okay, no Welton Realm. We'll talk about Welton Realm soon. They're in. Uh, they're in uh, Hollywood. How you doing, David? You doing good, my brother? Always, always good to see you, Big O. Good to see you, my man. All right. So explain to me what the hell happened to this season. What? 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 <laughs> what is going on? You know, we, we talked about Paul Maurice and the change and that it would be a better suited for playoff hockey, this, that. It's gotten so bad that they have got to fight and claw just to get into the playoffs right now. It kind of feels like Panther seasons of the past where you dig yourself in a hole and then you've got to, you know, desperately climb out uh, to try to get into a playoff spot. What the hell happened, dude? Why hasn't this worked at all? Uh, I mean, oh, this two different questions, but you know, we know why they wanted to make changes. We saw how last year played out. We saw how they got booted from the playoffs the last two years, the same team, not really looking close in either series. So they, you know, they realized that there was a bit of a gap between them and Tampa. And this is a team that they've been building. They want to be a cup contending team. They want to be, you know, the class of the Eastern conference. And that's what Bill Zito has been trying to build. That's why they went out and they made the big trade last year for Matthew Kachuk. And they brought in a coach that they feel would have them better suited to go up against the Tampas, uh, the Torontos, uh, the, the playoff battles to come. It's been a pro process, uh, as we've seen this year. They're not this high-flying team that we saw last season where they're going to score five, six goals a game, open it up, where if they do fall behind, they can come back. Uh, this isn't that team anymore. Uh, what's kind of, I think, surprised me about this team is they've been able to maintain their scoring 
you know, fairly, fairly well throughout the season. They've been able to score goals, but the way that they've struggled keeping the puck out of the net, and, and granted, it was a much bigger problem earlier in the season, but it's still one that they have issues with to, even to now. Uh, it, when the playoffs do arrive, if they're in, what kind of team are we going to see exactly? Because what well, you see, you see like sentiments, you see pieces of this shutdown team that they want to be, this hard against the boards team, this muck up the game. It's, it's not there consistently enough. And it makes me wonder, like they play a game like they did earlier this week in Minnesota, where it's one of the best games they've played all year. The effort is amazing. Decent and team too. They, yeah. Against the team that's really tough to beat in their home building. And then the next night they, they were so washed from that game in Minnesota that they, they had nothing left in St. Louis. And it was acknowledged by the coach after the game. Yeah. Like you could just tell that they had nothing left in the tank. So it makes me wonder like for them to play at the level that Paul Maurice needs them to play to be the team that he wants them to be, what he envisions them to be, a playoff team. Like, how much effort is it going to take them to be that team? Because whenever we see them briefly get to those levels of excellence, it seems like they just kind of like it takes them a minute to recoup afterwards. So it, it just makes me question: Where's the consistency going to come? The consistency going to come from? Because that's when the playoffs start. That's all that matters. Yeah, they're not physical enough still. That's, you know, when you look at it, that's a thing with that team still. And the goaltending is still not where it needs to be. It's, it needs to be a lead every night. And it's, and it's not, unfortunately. Bob obviously has never lived up to the, to the contract that they're paying him. And quite frankly, uh, I'm, I'm getting to the point now where, uh, boy, we got some terrible luck. They don't know. How, they can't draft a goalie. They can't find one. You know how the Dolphins have struggled forever since Marino to find a quarterback? And, you know, maybe two is the guy if he can stay healthy. But uh, the Panthers can't find them. They can't find and draft and develop their own goaltender. Well, there's you know, there's certainly uh, time left on Spencer Knight. Like, he's still young enough. He's not even 22 years old, I don't think, yet. So, like, that, you know, he's been expedited a bit. But there's still a lot of green, a lot of runway for him to work with, I would think. Uh, in terms of that, and they did draft. Brother, it's Devin three. Levi it's three years now. Lambert. Spencer Knight playing on and off for three years, and you've you've seen a flash here or there, but never really turning the. How long is it going to take? How long do we? How long do we wait for the kid? You know what I mean. I know they have another young guy too, but uh, you know it doesn't instill a lot of confidence with all all the failures of the past. I I think with Knight you're. For now, you're going to let him ride out, and you're going to see how you know however long it takes. Like, there's so much potential there with him, and I mean, look, you can't help but kind of side eye a little bit with the way he struggled uh, late last season, but particularly this year, just between injuries and illness, and just hasn't looked comfortable and confident in the net. Which even for somebody so young, like you don't want to shake a guy's confidence at that age. So, yeah, I, I would handle it delicately as best I can put it with Spencer Knight. I think the bigger issue, you know, the backup goaltender should not be like a, a boon to a team, even one that you give a future contract to like they did with Knight. You know, right now they've been saddled with this albatross of a contract with Sergey Bobrovsky. And yeah, the last week or two played really well. He's put up some good games here and there. But, you know, last season, I think maybe the best, most consistent we saw him was at the playoffs and leading up to the playoffs last year. But this is four years now, and we're getting bits and pieces of a guy that's maybe played up to maybe to that $10 million a year contract. So 
it, it's just the kind of thing that they're, they're having a real hard time to get around. And right now they've got $14 million tied into a position that's average at best. Yeah. No, goaltending is not winning them games, save for one or two here or there from Bob. And yes, he's, like I said, he's been good of late, but you know, big picture. It's, it's a big problem. He has what? Three more years left. Yeah. Ah. After this year. That's bad, bro. And and let me tell you, Kachuk has been everything and more. God, I, I, I I feel horrible for him, you know, because I almost (laughs) feel like I wish he would have been here last year, at least with this team, because Okay, I, I know that, you know, the playoffs, they did get past the first round, which was progress. But, damn, bro, at least it would have been a lot more fun to watch him with the rest of those guys last year. With this with this team, it's like I feel like there's just, you know, there's just not enough support. You know what I'm saying? Around him at times. And it, it's just not the same team. You, you can't count on it. No. But I got to say, Kachuk has been he, – he's, he's worth – He's the reason why I watch every every night. Really, he's the only reason why I'm 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 like I, I look forward to a Panther game. Let's be quite honest. He's elite. He's God. legit. They that was a great move for the Panthers. We've been saying it since it happened. They somehow managed to flip two, you know, turning into their 30s guys into a guy that was just coming into his best years at a cheaper contract. He wants to be here. He's motivated. And I mean, I I get where you're coming from and that you feel for him this year, but I this is a big picture, both with Kachuk and with the Panthers. Like they're they're looking past this year too, and just in terms of like the the ceiling that this team can achieve. Um, but yeah, Big O, it's yeah. But my I have, nice, a pro- I have right? a I have a I have a problem with that ceiling stuff. We've been talking about this with this team for years now, and I don't know where that ceiling is. I I I don't know if we already saw the ceiling last year, and that was like your that was your peak. And I don't know if you're. I, I don't know what to expect anymore. Now, I it, it's I don't have a lot of hope anymore. That's my thing. That's what the Panthers have kind of done to me the last couple of years here. They've kind of killed that hope that I was kept building for and waiting and waiting and waiting. And, you know, you've now turned over this team more now that it doesn't even resemble the team that you had a few years back. And, you know, I, I don't know what is the ceiling. What is, what am I hoping for around these guys? Because I can't ask more from Bob and Kachuk. I, I mean, not Bob, uh, uh, Barkov and Kachuk. I need other guys. I need more on defense. I need more in goaltending. That's what, where, where's my hope, David? That's what I want to know as a Panthers fan. Well, the hope is in that you've got, your supporting cast of Reinhardt, Bennett, Duclair, Ekblad, Forsling. Uh, these guys are all locked up for the next several years. Combine that with, you know, you've got Kachuk and Barkov as well. You're also going to have a lot more money to spend after this season when you're out from under the, the Yandel buyout, the Darling buyout. Um, not to mention Patrick Hornquist is going to be, his $5 million, $5 million contract comes off the books this year. There's a couple of, like, Radko Gudis is a free agent after this year. They're going to have a pretty significant amount of money to spend this offseason, in addition to having a pretty solid core led by Barkov and Kachuk and, you know, all those guys that I mentioned. Um, so, you know, in terms of hope, yeah, there's a lot of reasons for optimism past this season. Uh, but the way that I always approach that, I think we agree, it's, it's they're not going to have any excuses. They're going to have a lot fewer excuses after this season when they've got all these things lined up. Okay, you've got your core in place. You've got 
you know, whatever they're going to do, because you talk about last season, the guys they lost, like the Marchments, the Drews, uh, they're going to be able to recoup that depth. Well, I hope so, man. It's going to be, I think it all comes back to the same thing we always, always talk about, Orlando, goaltending. Right. Right. And, and dude, when, when do they get an elite goaltender? When, when's that going to show up? Because without that, I, I don't know if we ever watch them get to a point where you and I want to watch them get to that, that hardcore Panther base that's here, that's been there with them every year. Those people deserve, you know, to watch a team that can really take it to the next level. But my brother, until that dude between the pipes becomes, you know, unstoppable, that's never going to happen. I mean, that's what happened in the 90s when Beezer was unstoppable, that he was on his head the entire time. The Panthers were at their best. So when's that going to happen? If they build the kind of team that they're hoping to build, it's not going to take a Vezina quality goaltender. It's going to take a solid, consistent goaltender. You look at last year with the Abs that they finally dethroned Tampa. They did it with Darcy Kemper as their goaltender. And Darcy Kemper... You know, solid goalie, no doubt. He's not an elite goaltender. He's not a Vasilevsky. Although he but played, he, but team. he did play his ass off in that series that way. No, no doubt, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he played solid, consistent. That's what the Panthers will need with the team that they're looking to, that they've already started building. They don't, they don't need amazing. They don't need Vasilevsky. They just need a guy who's not going to make them bang their head into the wall with cheap goals every game. They need consistency. Is it on the roster? million you hope so i hope so man but uh, i i have not seen it all right uh i think they're without ovechkin uh who's missing for the panthers tonight uh sam bennett he's out he uh okay. left uh, late in the second period in st louis with an undisclosed injury paul maurice said it's something he's dealt with in the past he's not particularly concerned it's long term but kind of gave that kind of coach speak where you're not really yeah you know, there's a lot of vagueness so i'm not too sure until we get see him back here and see if he's skating if he's practicing see if it's lower upper body um but for now sam bennett is out which sucks because his line with carter verhage and matthew kachuk has been uh carrying the offense at times over the last few weeks they've definitely been consistently great so you wonder who's going to step into that role i would imagine it's going to be etu Usterainen. Uh, who filled in for Barkov pretty well when Barkov was out with uh, his what we thought was a hand injury last week. So, you know, that depth that just gets sliced a little thinner and thinner at, behind the deli counter just gets a little bit thinner tonight. Paul Maurice, your your thoughts on what he's done this year because uh, one of the things I've kind of noticed was that at the beginning of the year, even post-game shows, there was a lot of confidence. Uh, as of the last, I don't know, month or two, I, I've seen a lot of excuses in uh, a lot of the post-game uh, press conferences. So your thoughts on the job that Paul Maurice is doing trying to instill his style and trying to get results from it? It's really hard to gauge, Orlando, just because looking statistically at the analytics, Florida has been the most unlucky team in the league this year in terms of the, the offensive output, the expected goals that they're putting forth, and the actual production that we're seeing on the score sheet, it's not matching up at all. And is that just an unlucky thing? Does that have anything to do with coaching? It's, it's hard to quantify it. Uh, the players have seemed like they've been unhappy. There were times earlier in the year, we, you know, we referenced like Matthew Kachuk kind of 
calling out some of his teammates, you know, saying that we we're not skating hard enough or the intensity, whatever it was he said, like back in November. Um, it, it's hard to gauge it at this point just because it's, yeah, it, it's tough, man. I, like when I try to put it into words, for me, it just keeps coming back to the same thing where like one game you'll see greatness and one game you'll see not greatness. You'll see blah. When, when you don't see it game after game, where I start to question, okay, well, is it the coaching? Is it a motivational thing? Is it a lack of understanding of what the coach is trying to teach? Or is it just simply the players aren't performing well? I don't have that answer right now. Okay. It's, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to, like, clean it up better for you, but I really don't. It, it's, hard, it's hard for me to tell. Yeah. I, I can't say I've been impressed with, uh, with Maurice uh, so far. 7 o'clock tonight, Panthers and the Crapitals. Let's see if the boys uh, can get on track and get the uh, victory. Follow him on Twitter, at David Dwork. Of course, uh, tell him about Chirping the Cats, dude. Chirping the Cats, wherever you get your favorite podcast, you can find it there. Um, all my written work goes on the Local10.com website. And as Big O said, all my stuff uh, at David's work on Twitter. Big one tonight, though. If they win, they'll be tied with Washington for the last playoff spot. Somehow, some way, they're still right there. I know, I know. I know they're still right there. I just uh, I want them to turn the corner, man. I want them to, to be really, really good. David, as always, my brother, hang in there. Enjoy the hockey, my friend. I'll be watching tonight. The casino. Uh, yeah, yeah, damn right. I'll be enjoying <laughs> it from the casino. All right, my brother. Be good. Thank you. Yeah. You got it. David Dwork, baby, talking little Panthers. It's just frustrating, man. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. You know, the Heat has accomplished stuff. They've won titles. They've given us a ton of winning seasons. So that's why I never, you know, I, you're never going to hear me say, oh, Riley's done. Uh, the, the, the game passed him by. Mickey Harrison sell the team. No, 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 no. Now, am I unhappy with, with their results the last uh, about 10 years, nine, eight years? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like the decisions they've made the last eight, nine years. Yeah, yeah. But, again, they have done so much. Even in those eight, nine years, they almost they, they made it to the finals one year and almost made it to the finals again last year. Even throughout all of that, they have still have done things because Eric Spolster's a badass. But uh, the Panthers, you know, they gave us that magical season last year, or the magical regular season. And then at least in the postseason, they did get past the first round, but we wanted more from that team. You know, when you've got the best record in the league, you would hope to be better overall in the playoffs. But they haven't done enough of that. And so when you come back this year with this kind of an effort, it, it just it, it brings me down, you know? And right now, the Heat are depressing, and the Panthers are absolutely depressing. The only reason tonight is fun to watch, it's because I get to watch Kachuk do his thing. And he's just, he's worth the watch. It's like Marlins, right? Sandy Alcantara's pitching, you're there. We're all watching, right? It, you know, some guys can change the outlook for you, but not the results because it requires a team. Uh, fart the Star Spangle Banner, can you do that, Big O? Uh, of course I can. Of course I can. Oh, tell us how you really feel about the heat. Yeah. yeah. I hope you guys picked up on it. Big old Britt Baker lost yesterday, apparently, huh? So I had a bad prediction yesterday. Ruby Soho won. So Ruby Soho won the, the, the threesome. 
Yes. Who'd she pin? She pinned Britt Baker, I believe it was. Yeah, because she threw Tony Storm out of the ring. Yeah. Okay. Because she threw Tony Storm out of the ring, which took out Paige as well, or Soraya, sorry, and then she got the pin. Okay. Dougie Fresh says, Oprah knows burgers might be the most honest mention ever on the Big O Show. Charm City Burger, Deerfield, legendary. Never been there. Got to check it out. If I make 10 bets at $50, I will be telling everybody at the table what my name is. Bond. James Bond. Big O, shout out to Bill Preston's sister, Dawn. It's her birthday today. Oh, really? I did not know that. Happy birthday to Dawn. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, rocking that old OMD shirt, 80s representing. But the shirt is not from the 80s. It is a newer shirt. But, yes, it is OMD. So, there you go. Uh, says we, we ended up losing the sound. When was that? We lost the camera when slammed down. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. But we're back. We're back. We're back. By the way, Sloman's Home Shield been serving Americans for over 100 years. And, folks, right now we are going to give away 40, 40 doorbell cameras. That's right. And when you use our professional installation and our low-cost central station monitoring, we're going to give you an LED touchscreen pad, a motion detector, three-arm doors, and a backup battery. So if you've been looking to improve your home safety, call the great people at Slowman's. We're in 14 different states, so we could be close to you. 1-800-ALARM-ME. Sean uses it. I use it. 1-800-ALARM-ME. Go check it out. And... We're still in wintertime. It's still cold in a lot of states, right? So if in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, maybe Northern California, Maryland, Virginia, even Georgia, you need heating oil. Well, Slowman's does it. one oil deal And check this out. They have fixed prices. So you can save hundreds in the long run. Do it now. Tell them that you're a big old loyal listener right now. And if you think you're paying too much for heating oil... Call one eight six six oil deal and just compare. You know what you're paying for heating oil. Call one eight six six oil deal and compare. And if it's less, you can make the switch and save yourself money. Call the great people at Slowman's, taking care of Americans for over a hundred years. One eight six six oil deal. Rat, a rat, a rat, a rat. All right, we got Tim McCarver passing away, unfortunately. By the way, did you see Mark Davis? Mark Davis has a new look. And I got to congratulate Mark Davis here. Because if you remember, Mark Davis has had that terrible bowl cut, right? It's like they put a bowl and they just cut the hair, da, 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 da. And it was, it, he looked like Lurch, basically, right? He looked like a short, red-headed Lurch with freckles. And so it was a terrible, terrible haircut. And, and Mark Davis felt like he needed to change things up. And to his credit, he has changed it up. That's right. You know how he changed it up? By shaving off all his hair. 
the man is now sporting a bald look. And, and guess what? It looks a hell of a lot better than his hair. See? There's the Mark Davis look. Goes with him, right? Looks way better. That hair was, I mean, that haircut was terrible, dude. It was one of the worst haircuts on the history of the planet. It just made him look so foolish. Now he, now he kind of looks like a, now he looks like a boss. Before he looked like some, some schmuck that mom, you know, cut his hair or something like that. See, this is a good look for him. You know, he's not going to win any awards for, for GQ or anything like that. But the bald look, it, it suits him perfectly, man. Yeah. yeah there, there's the hair. Oof. That was bad, bro. That was bad. That was terrible, that hair. Look at that bowl cut. It's pretty bad. Good for him. Good for Mark Davis. That's, that's a sharp look for him. You know, not all of us can throw, you know, eventually we're all going to bald, right? I mean, we're all going to lose our hair, but not all of us have, you know, the, the bald head look that we can actually sport it. You know what I'm saying? I'm afraid. I don't even know if I could actually ever have the bald head look. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm almost afraid that I'm going to have like all these bumps and craters and everything on my, <laughs> shave it all off. It's going to go, whoa, put a wig on, you know, that kind of stuff. So you gotta have the you gotta have that that magic bald head where it's even out and all that. Your hair your head's all deformed and stuff. The bald look is not good. But Mark Davis, he's he's pulling it off, man. Nice job by him. Gotta give him a lot of credit. What else do we have going on in the world of sports? Uh, you know what? When sports and business collide, we like doing something called the KSDT CPA Sports Business Report. Legal sports betting has become more prevalent across the United States, as you all know. Commercial sports betting revenues hit an all-new, all-time high at $7.5 billion in 2022, a whopping 72.7 increase from 2021 of $4.3 billion. This, according to the data from American Gaming Association, legal sports books handled $93.2 billion in bets last year, another record in a 61.1% increase over the 2021 handle when the Tribal Sports Betting Handle reported later this year that that number will likely surpass $100 billion. The industry, by the way, got a boost uh, from the additions of legal betting in markets like Kansas City, like Kansas, and the launch of mobile betting in Louisiana, Maryland, and New York. The latter led all individual states with $1.4 billion last year in New York. The other states passed half a billion. Illinois, $795. New Jersey, 763 
Pennsylvania, 597. All but two markets increased their handles last year. Delaware, negative 32.3%, and Mississippi, negative 9.2%. The year also finished strong with a quarterly record of $2.54 billion in quarter four. That's a 63% year-over increase and a 51% from the previous record of $1.68 billion set in quarter three of 2022. So incredible stuff. Uh, since PASPA was struck down in 2018 of May, American bettors have, be- have placed $190.3 billion in wages, creating $14.6 billion in sports betting revenue and $3 billion in, in uh, state and federal taxes. That's a lot of money being laid on the line. That is your KSDTCPA Sports Business Report. This has been the KSDT Sports Business Report. KSDTCPA is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax and accounting firms for 2022. KSDTCPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit online at KSDTCPA.com or call 305 670 3370. Little uh, little music news. Depeche Mode, by the way, has announced her 2023 fall schedule on their U.S. leg. Coming up, supporting their new album, Memento Mori, which comes out March 24th. The second leg kicks off September 21st in Mexico City and runs through December 15th in Los Angeles comprised of 29 shows and more than 70 dates. And for those of you trying to find out, uh, L.A., March 28th, December 10th and 15th. Um, Vegas, March 30th and December 1st. Chicago, April 5th and November 13th. New York, April 14th and October 28th. And in Orlando, October 10th, and in Miami, October 12th. So if you want to go see Depeche Mode, those are some of the cities. If I didn't mention your city, you can go out and, and, uh, and check it out. And also, one more thing before we go to hour number three and start it off with Alan Poupart and our uh, Miami Dolphins report. Today on February 16th, Led Zeppelin in 1972 made their live Australian debut and they kicked off a six-day tour in Perth. Fans were pretty excited to see the band. In fact, police had a battle with 500 of them who rammed the locked gates trying to get into the show. When the band played, 4,000 fans stood outside the venue just trying to hear the group. In 74, Bob Dylan started a four-week run at number one on the album charts with Planet Waves, his first number one in America. In 74, ELP, known as Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, they were arrested while on tour in Salt Lake City. The guys decided to go to for a swim in their hotel pool naked. They were each fined 75 bucks, too. And in 2005, Kid Rock was arrested for allegedly punching a DJ at a Nashville strip club. Police were called, but the singer got out of the club before they arrived. Later, during the eventful night, Rock was pulled over by an officer who got an autograph, 
but didn't give Rock a breath test, even though the cop smelled alcohol. The officer was later fired, and police eventually caught up to Kid Rock and booked him. He was taken to night court and released on $3,000 bail. There you go. All right. The only thing is, was Margie Post there at night court? That's the only thing, because if Margie Post is there, arrest me every night. Hour number three is next. Alan Poupart. Welton Rayom has more than 62 years of litigation experience handling insurance disputes. They're committed to resolving even the toughest insurance claims quickly. Call them for a free consultation. 954-966-4646. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. Property damage claims to your home, business, or condo as a result of a hurricane. Welton Rayom can help. Water, mold, fire, smoke damage, Welton Rayom can help. Call 954-966-4646. Oh, great. You have a doorbell camera. Now you have a front row seat to your house getting robbed. No breaking into my house! Ooh, there goes the TV. I'm sure it'll turn up at the pawn shop. No, not the TV! Just because you can see them, that doesn't mean you can stop them. With Flowins, you get 24-hour monitoring, a free home security system, and professional installation. Plus, free doorbell camera, one that'll actually work for you. Get out of my house! Get out of my house! Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. Welcome to Red Light Therapy, a revolutionary technology perfected by NASA to aid in muscle strengthening and recovery. Red and infrared light has the capacity to penetrate deep into the cell's mitochondria, potentially leading to increased energy, faster recovery, and the optimal performance your body demands. Train, fight, recover. For over 16 years, EJDConstruction.com has provided South Florida residents quality craftsmanship, accurate project management, and exceptional service. That's why EJDConstruction.com is an A-rated member of Angie's List and the Better Business Bureau. When you're looking for the right custom home builder for additions or home remodeling, please call my friend Eric at 305-433-4843. That's 305-433-4843 for ejdconstruction.com The viewpoint statements or beliefs expressed on the following program by the host, guests, or callers are not necessarily the opinions of fantasyxs.com, media group, ownership, management, sponsors, or website. Dolphins fans, time to get insight on your favorite team with your favorite reporter with an Expos hat. Sports Illustrated's Alan Poupart in our EJDConstruction.com Miami Dolphins report exclusively on a big old radio show. Alright, alright, alright. We're back. We're ready to rock. Hour number three. There he is, ready with the Expos hat. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? I'm doing good. Marky Post, by the way. Marky, yes. I said yeah, Margie. And Marky, somebody, Troy, uh, um, um, what's it called? Um, corrected me on that. Uh, but none, nobody will argue she was smoking hot. 
So very attractive woman. Yes. Very, was. very. Have you seen the new Night Court? I have not, and I've no. No. It, it features. Oh, uh, it only has Larroquette. And it has the uh, girl with the high pitched voice from the uh, from that uh, from the Big Bang Theory, which the, was a fabulous show. Yeah, which was an, an incredible show. What's that? Melissa yeah, Lowe. she does. Yeah, she doesn't use the voice. Yeah, she doesn't use it as high pitched or anything like that. But that's uh, not a normal voice. The high pitch is not a normal voice. She did no. it for the first right, Big Bang. right, exactly. And um, and so yeah, it's not good. It's not good. There's you know you don't have the smart ass bailiff. You don't have bull. No Harry Anderson. Yeah, no Harry. And Harry and her are completely different. You know, she's trying to be Harry because she's Harry's daughter, by the way. Oh, is she? Okay. She's Harry's daughter. So, yeah, I I watched the uh, the first two episodes to give it a chance and... Didn't grab you, huh? No, dude. No, no. I, I don't think I even laughed uh, once. So That's yeah. not, that's Last of Us for me. I, I, I tried it because of everybody's ranting and raving about it, and I'm sorry. It's, it does nothing for me. For what? Which one? What are you talking about? Last, last of Us on HBO. Oh, okay. All right. does nothing for me, and I know everybody's ranting and raving about it. Oh, my God, it's so good. It's so good. Sorry. Right. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's just kind of the way. Hey, um, a lot of people brag about White Lotus or whatever. I watched it. That's and a great was... show. That's a great love. Love White Lotus. I didn't. I wasn't that impressed with it. Okay. You know, I wasn't that impressed with it overall. You know, I just thought it was, uh, con considering the reaction from people, I thought it was a little bit, you know. It, I get it when they got when they went crazy about Breaking Bad. Okay, I'm good with that and Sons of Anarchy or something. But this one, eh, it, didn't, it didn't rock me like, you know, Sopranos did up until, happened, up until about crazy. season five, I think, Sopranos. Then I think it kind of started jumping the shark. I think in season five on or something like that. But either way, uh, I mean, it's just a, it's just kind of the way it is. All right, so let me ask you, uh, drama in the Dolphins. Are you surprised Danny Crossman survived? Because I think we would all argue, we would all be maybe in conjunction say that out of the three coaches, the you know I know there was a there was complaints about Boyer, but I think we were all like, okay, some of us could argue about Boyer, but. I think we all agreed that Crossman didn't do a very good job, but yet he survives. So your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not so sure exactly what the gripes were on Boyer. If, if the argument for keeping Danny Crossman is that there were a lot of injuries on defense that forced guys to get away from special teams, maybe play more uh, on defense, and that affected their play on special teams, then then why are we not making the same argument for Josh Boyer? Well, 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 well. He already had the Fangio thing. So I, I really no, think it, I, I really I, re, I really think the Boyer thing for the Dolphins is not so much really about Boyer. It was that they already had the Fangio thing, and my God, are, are, okay, you can go get one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. You go get one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. I think that was the thing, but I think you're right in the argument for, of fans. No, but right for anybody who might say that well, by Boyer deserves to be fired. No, I don't think he did, but. Had he complete had the Dolphin defense completely kicked ass again in 2022, maybe he gets another another shot. But it's tough to completely kick ass when your your scheme is predicated on having two complete stud cornerbacks. One doesn't play all year, and the other one's not right physically all year. Right. Good luck with that. So, right. um, yeah. And again, I, I think if there was a complete was a stud special teams coordinator who was available somewhere. I think we might be having a different conversation right now. Um, so, we'll I mean, it's not Danny Crossman's fault that Jason Sanders 
dipped again um, after a slight dip in 2021 from 2020 when he was the best kicker in the NFL. And then he got an extension and he hasn't been able to, to follow up on that. Um, not, not that for in his defense, not, not Danny Crawford's fault. The, the one problem area was they gave up a lot of returns and they didn't have one single long return until the playoff game when Cedric Wilson had the 50 yard. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I just find that one kind of surprising or it also could be that he didn't find a coach that he was comfortable with on the special team side that he knew that he could hire. Whereas obviously there was some connection with Fangio already. So that was already rumored from last year. And it looked like the, you know, the, the old man, um, you can tell that this is one of those kind of dudes that does whatever the hell he wants to do, whether you like it or not. And I bet he really wanted to, you know, like sit out for a year and not really coach. And then, like, this whole thing, when he agreed to a deal, probably it was his agent that opened his mouth, and he's like, yo, man, I'm, I'm committed to this team. I'm not ready to talk about another team until I'm done. So this is a dude that looks like he's really set in his ways. Well, and he's got the track record for it. But, but I, listen, had the, had the... Oh, we lost. Free reign of hire whoever you want to hire last year after he took over, I think Big Fangio would have been the DC in 2022. It was kind of like, how, however you want, you want to frame it, whether he was literally told, no, nah, keep Boyer around, or I think we'd like to keep Boyer around. It's your call, but I think we're like, and then however you want to you frame it, it was kind of like in that direction. Um, no, Fangio's got the track record. I mean, he produced major results in Chicago and major results in San Francisco. Again, as I want to caution like absolutely everybody should be stoked about it. Major reason for optimism. Let's not pretend like he didn't have stud players on those two defenses. Yeah. No. And they're the town level or every, it needs to come up a little bit on this dolphin defense. If we want to talk, start thinking about a top 10 defense or everybody has to play at max capacity. No, they, they can't be a top 10 defense until they have a werewolf in the middle. Uh, until they get a middle linebacker, they're not going to be. They're not going to be that. You know, because whenever the Dolphins have had a great defense, there's been a Zach Thomas or a Nick Bonacani. You know, in the middle, that's kind of the way it's gone. It's the. Uh, it's kind of the history of the game. Period. You know, whether you've got the Bears, well, then they're Singletary. You know what I'm saying? Almost every de great defense has great linebackers or a great middle linebacker that's kind of running the show. And, 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 and by the way, because of this guy's scheme, he's going to need a werewolf in the middle. So to me, that's going to be priority number one for Vic Fangio and that front office is finding that linebacker. And I think there's going to be a revamp of these linebackers, not the two outside guys, but everything else inside, you know, uh, Baker and, and, and Roberts and all these other guys, I think – you're going to see a lot of changes when it comes to that position. No, no, I agree. And they have like three or four of them are UFAs who were UFAs last year and they all brought back on one-year contracts. Landon Roberts, Duke Riley, uh, Eguavon, Brendan, Brendan Scarless, another guy they no, uh, yeah, that they brought back. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily see that happening. Duke Riley is good because he's a I like him. Player. I like him as a, a last linebacker because special Correct. teams and – you know, it's kind of like like that. I can see a role for him there, but you need more two-way linebackers on that. It can, you, I love what Landon Roberts did, but he's got a, a, an enormous hole in his game. He can't cover, 
And, you, you know, you just can't have those kind of players out there. You just can't. They're no, and if you look at his, his teams in San Francisco, they had Navarro Bowman and, and Patrick Willis. And then his team in Chicago in 2018 when he was uh, AFC assistant uh, – I'm sorry, NFL assistant coach of the year. Well, he had Roquan Smith. Yep. Um, so, yeah, yeah. it requires. And the Dolphins don't have that guy. I had somebody suggesting to me, like, maybe Jerome Baker could – his game could take a big step with I'm, – I'm not – yeah, I'm not seeing it. It's I, not I, who he is. It's not who he is. It's the no, same. It, it's the same, it's the same shit I, I got into with Marcel about. Well, Tua has to learn to be more off the cuff, and I'm like, no, bro, that's not who he is either. He ain't gonna be running around and creating extra yeah. plays for you. That's not who he is. Make a goddamn decision in the pocket, and that's it, kid. It's over. That's it. Move on, like a lot of other statue quarterbacks. That's what you got to do. That's who you are, Jerome Baker will be run over in the middle when he's trying to fight off blocks or trying to sift through the trash or traffic or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he, he's not a physical linebacker. That's not who he is. And he's all of a sudden not going to become a physical linebacker. Sorry, that's just – it's not his game. No, no, I completely agree. And I, and, and I don't know if you heard me what I said before. Is I think Flores completely maxed out what Jerome Baker could be as a linebacker. I agree. Know? Send him on, on the timely blitzes and all that. Uh, have him run sideline to sideline, but he's like you said, he's not a guy who's going to be an anchor in the middle of a defense. Weak side guy, blitzer, cover a little bit out there. Uh, he's not he's not the run stuffer, man. That's just not who he is. He never was that guy. And and I'll tell you what, I give a lot of uh, a lot of the guys that I talked to in the offseason, they nailed him perfectly because they told me from the get go that he wasn't ever going to be a physical guy and. You know, fighting through tackles and breaking blocks, you know, busting up blocks and and uh, and tackling behind the line of scrimmage. That's not who he's ever been, unfortunately. He's not built, he's not built like that. He's built no. like an oversized safety more exactly. than exactly. Exactly. Yep. I'm with you there. So, um, have you studied? I mean, it's unfair. I don't really like to get too much into free agency, but is there an, is there a name or two out there that uh, that that could get Dolphin fans excited and would fit? Fangio scheme. I've got two names possibly that jumped out at me when I actually looked over. Um, Tremaine Edmonds, mm, Buffalo. And again, they'd have to make it work financially, obviously. And then, and, they, and again, this idea of like they don't have cap space, it can't be done. No, it can be done. You it can, can find done. one. Yeah. Um, he's a guy I find intriguing, and who knows, he might he might be interested in the idea of a. If the Bills make it clear they don't want to re-sign him, maybe he's going to want to have revenge on his mind. And his father played for the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other guy is a guy from went to Miami Northwestern, and that's Levante David. Yeah. yeah. He's a little bit older, but he's a hell of a player. Yeah, well, that wouldn't be a big contract. That's the good thing no, about no, no. that one. That would be a stopgap for a year or two, and then, uh, and then you hope to draft his – his replacement, you know what I mean, to kind of groom him under him or something like that. Unless they feel, unless you feel Tyndall can still be that guy. I have to see something. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see anything I liked last year. I'll be honest with you. Uh, and I don't think I don't think he has the size to play that position. No, he's another guy. He's another one of those guys who needs to run around. His speed is his forte. Um, yeah. No, I, yeah, I don't know. I again, I, I really wish I, I was. Believe it or uh, not, I think he could be Baker's replacement. Yeah, there's a it's lot of similarities, and he's going to be a lot cheaper than Jerome Baker. Right, and then and then and, and he you can kind of use him in the same way on um, passing downs, on on long on long downs, 
things like that, short yardage stuff, then that's where you're probably going to need to change things up a little bit more. But yeah, I think he might he might fill that weak side linebacker role a little better, maybe. You know what I'm saying? All depends. Yeah. But what do you do with Phillips and and um, and uh, what's it called? Um, and, and Chubb. I mean, yeah. Chubb. The, are, are that are both locked in as your outside linebackers? If you line up in a, like an as a three four front, yeah, those are your two. Your two. So then you're, you're. So then we're looking at Tyndall being your weak side inside linebacker. Then, is that yeah. the way you would look or, at it? Or in passing situation, because it's not. It's. I mean, we we talk about three four. It's not going to be three four all the time. I mean, even like what the Dolphins did the last few years. There are times when they they clearly show it's a four man front, and then you have. Then you can put Jalen Phillips on the line. Then at that moment. Generally speaking, yeah. Right, you could. I mean, yeah. in, 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 in times that, because you're going to have a three-man front, and 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 it'll be Wilkins, Sealer, and Raekwon, but then Agba has got to be kind of that fourth guy in that rotation, right? Uh, I would right. imagine, you know. That's he's kind of like. I mean, if you want, if you want to use that terminology, I mean, Agba is kind of a pure four-three. DN when when they had Agba in the lineup they they lined up more four across because that's uh, more that's more what he is I don't correct. think he will excel nearly as much just like Jalen I don't like him in a three four end I I don't I don't think no, that that's gonna be a three four OLB yeah that, I don't think that that yeah I don't think that that benefits him at times to be out there so yeah all right so um, special teams the other thing. It's so we, we talk about running back, we talk about middle linebacker, we talk about a tight end that fits this scheme, two-way tight end, all these kind of things that are obvious. How what kind of importance do you put on returner? Because if I want to defend Danny Crossman in one thing, you you took away his returner. He had he had a Pro Bowl returner in Jakeem, and so you've lost that a guy that was a game changer at any time that he touched the ball on special teams. How important is it to get that element back to that special teams unit? Because they don't, I mean, God bless Cedric with on the, in the playoffs that he got that long one, but again, that's not his game either. So how important should it be for them to find that shifty dude that I would imagine with today's roster limits and because you've got to carry that third quarter, that third quarterback probably, you're going to need a guy that is a kick and a punt returner. Yeah, and but it's almost like like the kickoff returner is like, I mean, for Christ's sake, they, I think they I know it goes through the end zone most of the time. Everything's a touchback, so yeah. it's like, um, and the punt returns, I think for the most part around the league were fairly insignificant. It just so happened that it seemed every long return was against the Dolphins, which is where the where the main major problem was. I mean, it's like Jesus Christ, there's so many of them. Um, so. Yeah, it would be nice. I don't know that it's certainly doesn't top for me a linebacker. No. Another DB, another O lineman, a tight end, unless the Dolphins think Tanner Connor and Hunter Long can get the job done. Um Do you, you know, do, it, do you think Hunter Long and Tanner Connor can get the job done? I'm very intrigued by Tanner Connor, even though I didn't like the fact that basically dropped everything. Off. Well, not two out of three. I mean his his catch percentage is not very good. Three thirty three will get you in the Hall of Fame in baseball, but as a receiver, and I'm not going to get it done. No. Um, but there was something intriguing about him. Hunter Long, I want to I want to be a believer, but I got to see something. Yeah. 
Yeah, there, there just hasn't been enough uh, with Hunter, unfortunately, uh, to, to believe in. Uh, what are you working on over at, the, at Sports Illustrated at alldolphins.com, my friend? I put up not too long ago something about Trill Williams and his place in the secondary along with his rehab. Um, and I'm about to publish very soon a quick look at where Tua stands in NFL MVP odds for 2023, as well as where he was placed on the NFL.com list of ranking of quarterbacks. See, that, that that's the kind of quality I want from – to read about the Dolphins. Not, oh, we should explore Lamar Jackson. I mean, come on, bro. Like, you know. No, here's the thing. But here's And, and I'm going to use your platform to, to make this point because I, I, I took some flack for writing a story of about exploring somebody throughout. They were talking about potential fits for Derek Carter. For Derek Carter. Excuse me, Derek Carr. And since a national media member threw it out there, I presented it and explored it. And basically my point was like, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And I still took flack for like, why are you, why are you writing about this? And all that. I'm making the point. It's somebody who's got a major, major national platform. who threw it out there uh, on good morning football, Derek Carr for the Dolphins, a good fit. And I'm like, really? How does that make sense? Either from the Dolphins standpoint or from Carr standpoint. Right. Um, yeah. But it's, it's out there just like the Lamar Jackson thing. It's going to be addressed. I'm going to address it at some point because it's out there, whether we whether we like it or not. It's out there. It's not just – I mean, there are odds. People, Odds makers put out odds. And for next team, for Derek Carr, you don't see the Dolphins anywhere. For Aaron Rodgers, you don't see the Dolphins anywhere. For Lamar Jackson, the Dolphins are on the list. They're not among the, the top teams, but they're on the list. And then you have the story in The Athletic where an, where an executive anonymously – Said he could see Lamar to the Dolphins, right? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just saying the guy's right. I'm saying it's out there. No, I get it, I get it. But it's like, it, for those people that write that, it's like, okay, did you watch Mike McDaniel's offense? That's not what Lamar runs. He can't run that offense. That's not who he is. Plus, you would have to trade picks, which they don't have a lot of picks. And then he's going to want a big-ass guaranteed salary, something you don't have to give to anybody right now because the guy you have is still under a rookie contract. So you don't have resources, but you want to use the only resources you have left to acquire a guy and create more cap problems for you down the line. And then you've got to change the entire offense. On top of all of that, everything that you were running, now you throw it out the window because it's a completely different offense that you're going to be running. I don't think people realize the amount of change that would have to take place in order for you to acquire Lamar Jackson. But you, and you forgot, you forgot one thing, one thing, one other thing also. What's that? If you're moving from Tua right now, the issue being that you're concerned for his long-term. Oh yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Ability. Yes. Lamar Jackson's missed five games each of the last two years. Yeah, he misses He's more games. He's a running quarterback yeah. Yeah. who's going to break down at some point. Right. So where's the logic that if you if it's, you're it's there's no logic to it, bro. If you're acquiring Zero. somebody who's rock solid, you know he's not going to have injury issues. Okay, but Lamar Jackson's not, and on and the other factors you mentioned, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just it's really it's, the guaranteed contract and what you'd have to give up for him. Uh, makes no so. sense. 
Dolphin fans, make sure you bookmark it, alldolphins.com, so you can catch all of his work there at Sports Illustrated. He is Alan Pupar. Alan, as always, thank you, my brother. Appreciate you immensely. We will catch up next weekend, next week. Have a great weekend. You got it. There you go. Alan Pupar and our EJDconstruction.com Miami Dolphins report. And don't forget to reach out to the great people at EJD Construction. Uh, Eric does a phenomenal job, 305-433-4843. In fact, they were at my house today doing some stuff. Uh, they are just absolutely phenomenal. They rebuilt our fence. They did everything, dude. They did an amazing job. They can do for you guys the same thing. I know that a lot of our listeners in Dade and Broward County, because it's only Dade and Broward, I'm sorry for those of you that have called them from Palm Beach. My mistake. 305-433-4843. we got a lot of listeners because they're trying to redo their insurance now, their hurricane insurance, and, they're, and the companies are telling them, wait a minute. We need your roof upgraded. We need it inspected to make sure it passes code. And there's a new level that you've got to reach for your roof now. So when you do renew, you might get asked to get it inspected. Call EJD Construction. They can bring it up to code. So that way you can get your new policy. Save yourself some money. 305-433-4843. Hey, listen, we're talking about custom home construction and major home remodeling. One of our listeners built an observation deck. Another listener uh, built this whole hut in the back. It's not like a tiki hut. It's nicer than a tiki hut, actually. It looks really cool. And it has like a full kitchen, barbecue, grease trap. I mean, all kinds of things. Uh, Another one of our listeners had a fire in their home. They had to remediate everything and gut it all out. EJD Construction did all of that for you. 305-433-4843. You got to build a second floor. You got to build a new room. You got to expand the home. You got to modernize the kitchen. EJD Construction can do all of that. And they do shell construction in-house. That's how they keep the cost down. 305-433-4843. You've been listening to the EJDConstruction.com Miami Dolphins Report with Sports Illustrated's Alan Poupart. For additions, home remodeling, and custom work, call Eric at 305-433-4843. EJDConstruction.com is your custom home builder and general contractor you can trust. 305-433-4843. By the way, I'm going to take a guess, uh, Cap for Life. Here's my guess. Ogba will be on the team, I think, for one more year. It's a three-year deal. I think they can get out of it after next year. I don't think they want to take the extra cap hit that they have to this year with that move. I don't think so. Now, who knows? And Chris Greer can trade, bro. So he he does he wheels and deals like crazy. But I expect Ogba to be on the team and be part of the rotation and then eventually get phased out next year. That's what I think will happen. Okay, and uh, also asking, uh, oh, speaking of Zeppelin, any chance that reunion, brother, it plant won't do it. They have it set up. They had it set up. I don't think it's set up anymore, but they had it set up where they had uh, 10 dates in the U.S. and 10 dates in Europe and no dice. He won't do it. Plant has become like, like, I don't know, bro. He's like an ogre about his Zeppelin stuff, dude. It's funny because, you know, the Allison Krauss stuff is nice and all that, but, brother, it ain't shit compared to what you did with Led Zeppelin. 
Okay, it ain't shit compared to your, even your solo stuff. You know, little by little, and um, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's uh, the log song, whatever. Uh, um, in the mood for a melody, I'm in the mood. Burning down one side, all that, all that stuff that he did in his solo stuff in his early days. That shit was awesome. Way better than anything that he's got going on now. It's funny because he doesn't even tour to do his solo stuff. You know, Now in Zen, Manic Nirvana, uh, Pictures at 11, all those albums from his early days, he won't even do that. And that music is, you know, now that I think about it, when I get in the car today, I'm going to do a little Robert Plant solo on the way home and, uh, and listen to some of that stuff because it it's so good, man. So good. Okay, Bitcoin, by the way, down to 24386 after hitting 25000 So remember what I, 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 I tweeted this out a little while ago. Not a little while ago, a few hours ago already now at this point. But uh, because there's, everything's gone so parabolic. And, um, and so I wanted to remind people, again, not a, I am not a uh, financial advisor. But I said, while crypto is climbing a ton, not a financial advisor, just a guy that loves crypto, buying during a parabolic run, no good. Floors will develop. Bitcoin and other altcoins will consolidate and capitulate as investors who bought early sell for profits. And that's what you have now. Think about it. Think about this. If you had $10 million dollars, and you put 10 million in a Bitcoin at 16.5 and it went up to 25, you now have 15. So you're just gonna pull your money out and you just picked up $5 million like nothing. So that's going to bring the price down and that's where it's at right now. It hit 25, now it's at 24.4, why? Because there are people that got in early and they're selling. And do you blame them? You know what I mean? It's like, okay, if you put 1000 you have 1500 now, you can take that out if you want. Or you can just sit on it and wait and then let it grow even more because it's going to grow more. It's going to go to 30 It's going to go to 40 It's going to go to 50 It's going to go to 70 It's going to go to 100000 eventually. It's going to go over 100000 You know what I mean? So I just want to make sure. And look, now it's capitulated. Now it's come down. So you wait and you wait for something to go down. See, if you haven't gotten in... Now you want to wait for something to come back and then get back in. You may not get it at the low where it was. You're not going to get it at 16.5 anymore. Hell, I wish. I, I wish there was another scare or dip or whatever, man. I don't care for me because I'm in it for the long haul, you know? So just make sure you do it responsibly. Plant Solo is fantastic. I agree, Giovanni. Cameron Good, not something that you count on. I like him. I like what I saw from Cameron Good. But still, he's got to build on. He, he needs to show more before we, you know, say, oh, hey, let's count on Cameron Good. You know what I'm saying? But I like what I saw from the kid overall. I thought he would make the 53-man roster. I was wrong on that one. I thought he was going to make it. Cap for Life says, when is the next crypto bro? I think it's time I start enhancing my portfolio. Um, I wish you would have enhanced it a month and a half ago when we were in our lows. And I kept telling everybody, 
Buy the dip. Buy the dip. I mean, think about this. Polygon, December 31st, was 75 cents. It's $1.44 now. You almost doubled your money in a month and a half. It's nuts. You know? So a lot of you that were able to take advantage of the Polygon dip or everything else, you're, you're, you know, you're really cashing in right now. So that's why we're seeing now a pullback on all this. ADA was at 41. It's now at 39 and a half. Okay? Uh, Adam was at 1450 or something now it's at 1372 at the moment imx was at 124 it's at 114 now i told you people imx i got it at 44 cents so think about the person that got i I didn't i don't spend a lot of money so it's not i gotta wait for a lot longer for me to really take profits but somebody that's super rich they put 10 million at 44 cents and then it goes to a dollar forty-four, a dollar twenty-four. I'm sorry, they've almost tripled their money, so of course they're going to sell and pull out. That's what we all would do. So this is what's happening. And then a floor will build, and then it'll go on top of that. But as long as it does dip, you will have an opportunity to get in. I think polka dot is super cheap at six forty-nine right now. It's down a percent. Algorand I think is a steal still at twenty-six cents. Uh, Chainlink was under $7. It's at $7.11. It got up to like $7.40. And I tweeted out like three days ago when it was under 7 I said, it's still a steal right now. Still think at $7.11, Chainlink is a, is a good buy. If you've never bought the Centraland at $0.70 cents right now, is an absolute bargain right now, down 3%. So there are coins that you can actually, and great companies that you can get into right now. You know, so you can take advantage of it. Mina Protocol, a little over a month ago, was like at the 50 cent range. It's at a dollar five now, and it's down. It was like at a dollar 20, and it's a dollar five now. So, like I told you, after you have a parabolic run, there's always a little bit of a dip, and it comes back. That's when, if you haven't gotten in, that's usually when you want to get in on the dips. That's how, that's how this game works. And then it allows you to, you know, make profit. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, when sports and business collide, we like doing something called the KSDT CPA. Sports Business Report. Sean, did you know that uh, Tom Brady has a production company? All right. Well, uh, according to Mike Fleming Jr. of Deadline, Brady's production company, 199 Productions, will take place in developing a limited TV series on the career of John Madden. Fleming noted that Brady's presence as executive producer was particularly important to Madden's family as they pledged their lives to the project. If Dad was still around and he was looking for a few guys to huddle up and tell his story, he'd be thrilled to have Tom Brady leading the huddle, Mike Madden said. 
John Madden, an icon who made his mark on the sidelines in the broadcasting booth and also in pop culture as a namesake of the universally popular video game. He led the Oakland Raiders to a victory in Super Bowl XI, and he went on to be a 16-time Emmy Award winner as a broadcaster. Passed away in 2021 at the age of 85. Per Fleming, the project on Madden's career was originally planned to be a feature film, but those involved felt his life and contributions to America's most popular sport was too big of a two-hour treatment. How about that? And that's pretty cool. Now I'm thinking, um, I for, uh, is it Goodman, John Goodman? Is he the guy from uh, Roseanne, right? Is, is that not a a guy that could play the John Madden role, right? I know he lost some weight, which doesn't work for the role, by the way. <laughs> we need you to gain the weight again. Uh, but, you know, you can, like, you can, you know, change his color of his hair and puff up his eyebrows like Madden had. And although he's skinnier now, maybe he can do the sideline Madden uh, as a coach, you know, because he has the personality of he could be John Madden, right? Because he, obviously, is an actor. But I'm thinking, like, who would be the guy that you would play John Madden? And Goodman was the guy that I thought of. You know? And I think Goodman's even better, and I know he's no longer with us. John Candy was the other big fat guy that I thought of. But I still think Goodman fills more the role and the look, the facial look of a John Madden. So that's the only thing that I was thinking about with all of this. I think it's a cool thing to do a TV series about John Madden. If we're going to see his life from the, from the 70s on, where he became a Raiders coach, and then, you know, then going into broadcasting and the whole thing, I think that would be a really cool story to tell, you know, because he was such a colorful guy on the sidelines. And then he was in an era where... My God, the Raiders were as colorful a team as they got because they always had all kinds of misfits and characters and, you know, just dudes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so the Raiders were kind of one of those kind of teams that had that. And uh, Kevin James, eh, it's not bad, Armando. I, I, I like John Goodman better than Kevin James, you know, uh, for me. I, I don't know. I... I the only other guy I thought of was, you know, obviously the late John Candy. And you got to think of a big guy actor, you know what I'm saying? And for me, it would be... Anybody else can you come up with better than Goodman? No? Right? It's hard. I can't come up with anybody, honestly. Like when I'm look, thinking about Madden and trying to think about today, I know adding makeup and things like that and make, but I just don't... Like who else? I don't know. Outside of, outside of John Goodman, I don't think there's another actor. Now, maybe there's an unknown somewhere that looks like him, and maybe they can find somebody. Great. That would be fantastic. But out of the known guys that we have still living, uh, I think Goodman would be the best guy out of all of them. George Went, Not bad. That's pretty good. I can see the whole facial thing that you're talking about. I, I like George Wendt better than Kevin James. I'm still taking Goodman. Now, somebody says Sean Stanley playing. I got the fat part down. That's about it. <laughs> oh, man. I got that down, too, with you. 
Uh, you think AVG makes the cut? Oh, uh, I think so. I think Andrew Van Ginkle makes the cut. I like him, man. But I'm biased. I'm a Van Ginkle fan, dude. So I, I, I think he's a guy that's been underused, actually. I would use him more. I think he has a knack for being around the ball. And I hope Fangio finds a, a, a place for him on this defense. I really like him. Uh, and Mr. Torres says, I like Big O, but he makes way too many excuses for Tua. I bet you anything they draft another QB and Tua will not play all year and he will look the same this year with more with this year more interception. There you go. All right, Mr. Torres. Uh, Kevin James lost a lot of weight. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I still facial. Uh, I'm Kevin James face. I know you can do the makeup stuff. Goodman kind of has those... That 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 quality that looks John Maddenish already. You can't have the guy that did Sean Payton right do John Madden. That's true. That's true. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're 100 percent right. Plus, it, I don't think he fits the role, dude. I don't think he fits the role. I think you got to be a bigger fat guy. He's a shorter fact. I almost think you have to find, like you were saying, an unknown. I don't know. Yeah. You have to find an unknown. There's nobody. I don't believe there's anybody today. And then the other thing is, not only do you. Oh, Goodman you, can do it. Yeah, but then you got to take on that role. And then you have to become. Goodman can do it. I, I don't know, man. He's I don't a know. good actor. He's a good actor. but He's a good actor. I, th I but, think uh, he's, he's the only guy I can come up with in my mind that's living that I could say, okay, that's the guy. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, like Chris Farley, what are you going to do if he was around? No. Yeah, no, no way. No way he couldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't want him to do that because I would no, want Farley to be. You Farley. Yeah. yeah Farley yeah, to be that's Farley. Where, that's where I like. I think I'm having the problem is trying to figure out who could do that role with, with looking at who's out there today because you almost, you know, in a way typecast them into what they're already doing. Right. Which is why, in a way, it's hard for me to see John Goodman. I mean, I know he's done a lot of other things. Yeah, he's done other things. But right now. now I see him as, you know, like the Connors guy. Yeah. That's what I've seen him as lately. And you don't, right. I don't see that being the guy to portray John Madden. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. That is our KSDT CPA Sports Business Report. This has been the KSDT Sports Business Report. KSDT CPA is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax and accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit online at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. By the way, um, Dan B., you brought up a great one. Brendan Fraser. I know he did that whale movie. He's a really good actor. He's the kind of guy that you, with the makeup, I like that one, dude. I like that one. And he's a big guy already. Because I don't think you can be a short, fat guy to play Madden. I think you've got to be a tall, fat guy to play Madden. And, and he's a tall guy. And I think, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. Out of all the suggestions that you guys have thrown... Uh, the Brendan Fraser one is really good. That one's a good one. You like that one? I think that's a good one. I like that one. That one challenges my uh, my Goodman. I like that one. That that one I can see myself losing that argument. 
in that discussion. If we put it up against, uh, amongst people, I can see that one. I think I can win over all the other ones. Christian Bale and Benny Hill and George Went and Kevin James. I think my suggestion is way better than all of those. But I like that one, dude. Brendan Fraser. That's a really, really good one. I like it. What's that? Brian Dennehy, yeah. That actually would be exceptional. He's no longer with us. Brian Dennehy, that's the best one. You nailed it. Jayhawk, you nailed it. If Dennehy was still with us, right, that would be the best person to play John Madden. Man, that would be freaking perfect to play John Madden. Brian Dennehy, love that suggestion. That's the best one. Nice job. You guys coming in strong on that. Yeah, I like it. I like Dennehy, too, as an actor. I like him. Usually played uh, some conniving uh, idiot, a wall, a hole. You know, he was always he played a lot of bad guys in his days. It's, it's almost like every time he showed up in a movie, you know, he was some kind of a badass or bad dude. Or and then there were a couple roles he had as a like a cop or something like that. But yeah, I like Denny. Good. I was a I'm a fan of Brian Denny. That's um, that's an excellent suggestion. That would be that living. If he was living, that would be the guy. That would be the best suggestion out of all of them. I like that one. I like that one a lot. RedRecover.com, by the way. We've been telling you about the wraps. Take advantage, folks. 30% off right now. I don't know how long it's going to last. It might be through the end of this month. And you can get the wraps for your shoulders, neck, back, knees, elbows, ankles, we have wraps for small dogs, for big dogs, for their hips. You know, some dogs have issues with their hips. Red light therapy is healthy for everybody. There are no side effects. Kids can use it. The dogs can use it. Adults can use it. And it does so many different things, folks. You got a scar. It can help make a scar disappear. So if you just had surgery and you, wanna, and you want that scar to disappear, red light therapy can help you with that. Now, if you had the scar for a while now, Forget about it. It's too late. It's got to be like now or you're about to have an operation that you know you're going to have a scar. Get the wrap that goes with it. So that way you can make that scar disappear. Go check out the videos and the video blogs at redrecover.com. 30% off. Uh, by the way, if you stand a lot, they've got one for the bottom of your feet. My wife uses it every single day. When she gets home, she puts it on because she's a teacher and she's standing all day and it does wonders for her. Feet are less sore. You recover a lot quicker. And that's the good thing about it, man. If you're playing, you know, uh, pickleball or tennis or whatever, and you got tennis elbow or anything like that or soreness after workouts and playing, you can use the wraps before and after your workouts so it optimizes your workouts and you, you feel less soreness and you will actually heal faster, which is a beautiful thing. Red light therapy can help, and especially for those old injuries and those old surgeries, we need that red light therapy. Go to redrecover.com. Athletes are using it. Everyday warriors like you and I are using it. Go to redrecover.com and save. 30% while they last. Redrecover.com. All right. Uh, let's see. Dennehy and Richard Crenna were both very good in the original Rambo, yeah? 
They were. You are correct. You are correct, sir. Uh, what else do we have? How about Justin Fields? What is wrong with that kid? Yeah, you know, this is soft-ass world that we have going on. And, you know, I saw Justin Fields take two shots to the kidney against Clemson and come back and, uh, and, and kick ass. So toughness is not really a thing that I should be worried about with Justin Fields. But what is wrong with this young man? It's very difficult to adjust to it, especially with the wind. That's what I found out. That's what it's all about. It's the wind. It can be cold. It can be 10 degrees. But with no wind, you're fine. But with that 15 mile an hour per wind or 20 mile an hour per wind, you can't fight it. It's tough. When it's that cold, you have to bundle up. I feel way slower in the cold. It's hard to stay warm in that weather. I just hope we get a dome. I don't care if we're at Soldier Field or at Arlington Heights. I hope we get a dome. Shame on you, young man. Shame on you. I mean, listen, every stadium should have a dome, especially up north, so that way you have it closed during the snowstorm. And that way the stadium's not getting full, filled up with snow, and then you got to shovel all that crap out. You keep it closed, and then, you know, 15, 20 minutes, a half hour prior to kickoff, you open the roof. And if you're in Chicago, you want elements, bro. If, you want, if you're in Green Bay, you want elements. Minnesota are a bunch of losers that they did not allow the elements, and they went to the Dome, and now that new stadium that they have now, and they're away from the elements. Dumb. If you're in New York, you want the elements. You want to be in the Meadowlands. Because you're used to playing in the Meadowlands. They're not. You're used to playing at Orchard Park. They're not. Just like the Dolphins are used to playing in the heat and humidity of South Florida. And you want those northern teams to come down. And yeah, they were at tra training camp and all that. But they did not feel the heat and humidity of South Florida. They don't know what it's like for that humidity to suck all the moisture out of your body. You know, only, only LeBron found out about that in San Antonio when they turned off the AC on his ass. I mean, if you're a player, you want any and every advantage that you can possibly fathom. The Celtics, the, the infamous parquet floor from back in the garden, do you remember about that? It had dead spots. But Larry Bird knew where the dead spots were. So did Dennis Johnson and Danny Ainge and everybody else that played for the Celtics for many years. But the visiting Miami Heat or the Lakers or the Detroit Pit, they weren't used to the dead spots on the floor. So they weren't used to when they were bouncing certain parts. Oh, whoa, it didn't come back to me the same way. I got to reach down or I mishandled it or something. But the Celtic players knew exactly when to attack you defensively because they knew when the ball was going to have a dead spot. There was no air conditioning in the old in the old garden. You remember that? They had holes in the walls that it would that's where the you know, that's how it was back in the day. So you had an advantage. 
you had an advantage in the Orange Bowl. It was hot. It was hot at night. It was going to be loud because it was a big-ass aluminum can that everybody would and make a whole bunch of noise. Advantages. And this is, you know, Justin Fields, a youngin that doesn't understand tradition, that doesn't understand having an advantage. And you want that advantage because you're the guy that plays in that Chicago wind all the time. So you should know how to play better than any other quarterback that comes to visit because you're constantly practicing and playing in it. You want to get away from the elements because it's too cold, because it's too windy. No, dude, you want to use them to your advantage. It's funny, man. I, I saw that story, and I'm like, kid, you, 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 you just don't get it, man. You just don't get it. Anyway, thought that was funny. Uh, what else do we have going on? And I'm on record for this. I, I, I'm going to tell you something that I, it's not like I have these facts to back it up, but I've said this before already, and I just would not be shocked if this Sean Payne to Denver thing becomes an absolute disaster. You know that? I, I feel like he's too cocky coming in. Uh, I think he had a lot of help there at, in, in New Orleans. Quite frankly, you only won one championship with Drew Brees. Um, and now, did you see the latest? Rex Ryan is the leading candidate for defensive coordinator. I can't take you serious now. I can't take you serious. He's been out of football several years. I think that's another guy that, you know, you had your moment, bro, and you've never been able to match that moment. And I get it. He's, he's oh, well, oh, he's only going to be a defensive coordinator. I just kind of feel like this guy, Sean Payton, is coming in with, I don't know. I, I, it's almost like he thinks he can make, you know, wine out of water. And I just get this feeling that this is going to be an outright disaster for the Denver Broncos. I, I, I don't know what it is about it, but it just, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. And then when I hear this about Rex Ryan as your defensive coordinator, I'm like, oh my God, really? I, you know, you got to turn the page sometimes in life. That's really, that's the best you can do? A guy that's been out of football for several years? Knock yourselves out if that's what you want to do. But I got to tell you something. My, my early prediction here, and I may be wrong, and I've been wrong about a thousand things in life. I don't think this Sean Payton Denver Bronco thing is going to be as good as people think it is. So, you know. Ah. <sighs> Rhino, thank you for the love on the super chat. He says, serious question. Do northern teams even still practice during the week outside? I think they do. Yeah. I'm sure they do. Now, if it's like, you know, heavy, heavy snow and stuff like that, they probably won't. But if it's cold out there, for sure, man, if you play in those elements, you want to practice in those elements. 
So, yes, I would think that they still do. Do they do it as much? Probably not. Uh, Big O just doesn't feel right with pain in Denver. Have the same feeling, though. Yeah, doesn't it? It just, there's something about it that just kind of rubs me the wrong way that I think it's going to be. Do you feel the same way about this? About about Sean Payne in Denver? I just look at the team. I mean, the offense. I just look at everything around. It's like, why would you choose? I guess because they're the ones that offered you the money. But Right, yeah. Other than that, why would you? Well, I mean, uh, Cower let the bag out when he said, or was it Cower? No, it was Bradshaw that he said um, he, he didn't, didn't, he, he didn't want to go to Denver. Yeah. That's he didn't want saying. to deal with Russell Wilson, but he had no choice. I guess that's the perfect uh, example of how money talks, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Because he wanted either Houston or you're, Carolina. You're looking at this team as an analyst. You've been analyzing every team. That, that has to be the one team you're going, that, that's not a good. No, it's not a good situation. If you're a good analyst, you're looking at it going, that's not a good situation. No, you're stuck with Russell yeah. Wilson. They have no choice. Like, and you could have stayed in, I just. I mean, I don't know. Understand? I don't understand it, and I think, yeah, it's going to be. It's just unless it, it's just they brought rough. him in and said, "Look, one year, and then you can clean house." But they're they're stuck with Russell. Wilson. No, you're stuck with Russell for at least yeah. two more years, right? at so, least. So I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I just wow. It just it baffles me. But again, the money talks. Yeah, yeah. How do I think? And also, that, I guess in a way, too. Sorry to. You no, know, Is if everything fails, it's just going to be right. He's pushed off on the players, right? Well, Russell. I was right. got Russell. What, what? Who? Who else is going to come in and do anything with this? No. You know, I mean, I guess it's your you, choice, right? Now you, you kind of have you getting the money and you can have a fallback because right. you can just put it off on Russell Wilson. You're the guy that you know can change uh, wine, water into wine. Uh, Rex Ryan signed the deal as soon as they said we want you to be our DC on our on our on our foot. I'm in. <laughs> Ortiz, how do you think the new head coach in Arizona will handle Murray? That looks like a disaster. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and, and I, and I got to tell you something. I was wrong about Kyler Murray because I, I thought he had it like he can pass, and he can, but he, you know, you just can't measure somebody's heart and their maturity, and that kid just has not matured, and that's, that's a shame because he does have, he has touch. He has something that Lamar Jackson doesn't have. But Lamar has way more dedication to his craft than, than Kyler Murray does. That's the sad part about Lamar Jackson. Lamar's a great young man. He's super dedicated, works hard. He just can't be a good passer. That's his problem. And it's not his fault. It's just it is what it is. You either got it or you don't. But he's a great athlete, so... Great athletes can fool you plenty of times because they're going to do things at times that you and I could never do. That's why they're great athletes. Put a dome up there. I don't care. Let Justin Fields dictate it. The way the Finns play up there late in the season, it will be easy. We'll keep our advantage of the heat at Hard Rock. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, you're going to Chicago. You no longer have to deal with the elements. Great. That's, I'm with you there. I'm just saying... I don't want to dome here in South Florida. No, I want the heat and the humidity. You know what I'm saying? I think if you live in a certain area, you want to take advantage of your your advantages. Paul says Sean Payton to Denver will go over as well as John Gruden of the Raiders did. Yeah. I never believed in Gruden and the Raiders. That one I never believed in. Um, and, and it does rub me kind of the same way. Yeah. 
I'm with you. Rex Ryan got off the got off on the wrong foot the last time. He was a head coach. <laughs> All the foot uh, jokes are coming out now. I can't. Yeah, I know. I can't believe Wilson is done. It could be just one really bad year for him. If Wilson gets himself together, Peyton will look good. You're you're right about that, Jayhawk. If he can straighten out Wilson, that will be one hell of an accomplishment for him. And by the way, that'll save his ass. Because if he has to deal with Wilson for a couple of years of bad play, it, it'll, it will look bad on him. And then, you know, you still got to find a quarterback. So, it is what it is. What was that again? You're not going to do Pat Nashville's last two uh, feet jokes there? He's coming in Re strong here. Rex Ryan will put his best foot forward if he gets another opportunity to coach. And Rex Ryan wasn't competitive enough as a coach. He loved defeat. <laughs> oh, God. By the way, just on a small music note, I saw that Richie Sambora is uh, trying to get back to Bon Jovi and could be rejoining the band. I would want to ask him, outside of money, do you need it? Why? Bon Jovi can't sing anymore, and all you play is the wussy-ass music you've made since after you made great music. Because you barely play any of your hits. You play a lot of the garbage that's come out of the last four or five albums, which are trash. Like, Bon Jovi only makes trash music now, and he has no voice. Why would you want to come back? I saw that one, and I was like, what the hell is that about? See, um, Alf Arteaga said on there, Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy have nearly well, identical careers right down to points per game, win percentage, playoff wins, and Super Bowl wins. One is considered a genius, the other a moron. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. He's right. He's a thousand percent right. He's right. And some will tell you that he didn't do enough with, uh, with Breeze as many years as he had him. What was the stat that, um, that our boy from uh, Denver gave us, did he had like seven losing seasons with Breeze or something like that? That's crazy. That's crazy. So, I don't know, maybe, Alf, you feel the same way. I just feel like this, this Peyton thing is going to explode, dude. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't look at it like this is a slam dunk or anything. I just kind of, huh? His deal? Oh, God. He's getting paid like $18 million per year. I think it's like a seven-year deal. Yeah, it's a lot of money, bro. It's a lot of money. Uh, we thank Alex Vanover, pilot in the uh, Drone Racing League, coming to uh, South Florida. Uh, we uh, thank Steve Calibro, of course, general manager here at Hialeah Park, David Dwork, Alan Poupart, of course, Sean Stanley, the man, the myth, the legend that makes it happen and uh, masters this uh, platform every single day. We thank, of course, all of you for tuning in. And showing us some love. Remember, you can always make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. Tomorrow, we're going to be at KSDTCPA offices in Doral. And I'm looking forward to it uh, because Jeffrey Tarabolas, who is the managing partner of the firm, he's going to be live at, at the pits in Daytona. So we will have uh, some live shots. There you go. And Rhino coming in with Sean is the man. They know Sean. 
They know you are the man. No, I think he means Sean Stanley is the man. He doesn't mean Sean Payton. There's only one Sean that is the man here on this platform, and it's you, sir. So the Sean Allen, on behalf of the Sean Allen, I'm Orlando Ausgare. We thank Frank Fiore. We thank the Brunetti family, John Brunetti Jr., as always. Thank you, being very supportive of our uh, platform. We will see you all tomorrow. Same time, same place, same bat channel. Have a great one.